So we got to record a thingy. Yeah. Yeah, apparently we were really bad in this episode. And I'm not sure that I remember being bad in this episode because I liked reading The Psychic Serpent. I don't remember the episode. Was I there? Apparently you were there because Ryan says you were there. He's editing it. He says we were both there. Well, but you know, Mike says Ryan lies about everything. (laughs) Well, that's true. Maybe we weren't there, baby. Well, he did lie to him about calling Australia. Yeah, Ryan could just be lying. It might not be us at all. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe he was just trying to get my goat. I don't know. But he told me we needed to record a thingy. We need to record a thingy. He was afraid to release the episode unless we recorded a thingy. Ryan's never done that before. Well, we better record a thingy then. I can't believe that it's us that have caused this to happen, that we need to do this groundbreaking announcement. Do you think we need that that news music? Absolutely. Cue the music. Breaking in news music? Yeah, Cue the music. I still have a cold. I sound terrible. Why do you have a cold? Is it cold there? It's winter. It's been winter. That's probably what it was. You get grumpy when you're cold. I get very grumpy. I can read the best thing since sliced bread. And I'd be able to find something wrong. Because I get cold, grumpy and snarky. Yeah. You know, because I don't... You know, if the heat... Oh, the heater wouldn't have been broken. Because the gas man came and he fixed it. No, but I think it was broken then. it was then. still cold. It might have been broken, broken then. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I definitely... If I was snarky, it was broken. <laughs> Must have been. I don't There's know. No be- other explanation. I don't remember because I don't even remember being in this episode. So maybe you were so cold that the heater was broken and you don't remember being in this episode. I had a brain freeze. Maybe your brain was frozen. I had a brain freeze. Well, I remember. Yeah, I don't remember. At some point along this line, when you were so frozen, I decided that I needed to learn how to knit because you needed a scarf ah. for Christmas. Um. When Christmas gets here, it's going to be like 110 Fahrenheit. Like, I'm not going to need a scarf, man. Well, you'll need it later. I thought I'd make Yeah, so that I don't... Next winter, when I'm podcasting, I'm not mean and nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you could wear it. Now, how are we going to fix... How are we going to fix you? I'm going to the doctor today. (laughs) Oh, really? How come? Apparently, I'm menopausal. Well, that would explain it. That would explain what is wrong with episode 88. Yeah. You're menopausal. (laughs) And I was frozen. Yeah. Apparently, I'm just a bitch, and you were cold. Yeah. So, apparently... Because we really love Hermione, actually. Yeah. I think by the end, we were all in love with the fic. I think I really did like it, because it turned into Harry Ginny at the end, right? It did. Although, um... <laughs> we might need to take this back, but you had a problem with the end, Jen, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... Yeah. Don't be... Don't be make a promise! <laughs> well, you know. Well... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I think I just had a problem. I can't with love the, it all. Did I have a problem with the black bikini? I may have had a problem with the black bikini. I, I, well, we both had a, yeah, we had a problem with that bikini. Yeah. I think I had a problem with the hair. Yeah. It's coming back to me. In, in episode 90, I'm pretty sure I say Hormione. Hormione. <laughs> yeah, but that was after I said Hormione. I think we just had a problem with Hermione. Oh, God, the thingy's getting long. The thingy's getting long. But I think, I think this Hormione. is, th- this is it. We, I was freezing, 
you were menopausal. And we had a problem with Hermione. Not Barb the writer, just Hermione. And I think it clouded our judgment. I think it did. And then Ryan was really, really concerned because it's not in our character for us to act Well, I think it was the combined colliding forces of Frozen, Keza, Menopausal Gen 2, and Hermione. They just don't mix, obviously. No, no. And he was very concerned for the outcome of the Psychic Serpent trilogy and the well-being of the podcast because we must have had a very off night. I don't Do you think that I was don't it? remember it. I have to take your word for it. <laughs> you better hurry up and send me the scarf. So maybe we should just conclude the thingy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should just stop the thingy by saying that whatever we said in the we episode didn't mean it. We really don't remember <laughs> No, we, we didn't, didn't mean it at all. Because at some point, we really remember liking the story. So you should just chalk up anything that we said to... Insanity. Being in a bad mood. Yeah. Momentary. Because we, we're because we're both, you know, married women and we have kids and husbands and things make us pissy. Maybe it was just a dry spell. Yeah. Oh, no, hang on. That's episode 95. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> I don't go through dry spells, so... <laughs> Um, Would you like some popcorn? No. (laughs) No. I don't want any popcorn. I think, well, let's just, I think that thingy is over. I think let's just. Thingy is over. Yeah. Enjoy the podcast. Okay. Gen 2, signing out. Bye from Kessa. Just finishing my crumpet as I have to finish before you start the podcast because you can't chew on the podcast because that's bad. <laughs> it's not cold. It's it like is cold. Dryer. I have a fan going on in the bathroom nonstop, so don't turn the light off for fear. No. You... Why don't you turn the light off? Because I'm afraid of cockroaches. But we can't hear you with the light on. I can turn the light off for the podcast if you like. All right. It's a bad sign that the future Mrs. Huggles is standing right next to me here. Do you know a plane tried to take off from Logan Air? Airport this morning and on the runway almost hit the car. Oh no. So is Jen okay? <laughs> it, it's crumpets and what? The, the little nursery rhyme? I don't know. Chewing her <laughs> crumpets, there's, curds, and No, whey. that's curds. Little Miss Muffet. <laughs> it's there we go. curds and whey. Like it's starting not already, apparently. There we go. <laughs> what happened to your voice, Stephanie? It changed. What do you mean, what happened to my voice? Your voice used to be different. Okay, let's take a survey on that. <laughs> Is he pulling this out of anywhere? Is this for real? Probably. He thinks it's for real. It's Mike. Well, you, I don't know. You used to have a crazy voice. Now your voice sounds normal. A crazy you know, like, Not a bad crazy, but like, you know, like an interesting crazy. <laughs> Mike, unpleasant things are going to happen to your character in my story, okay? Why would Victor Crumb, the international Quidditch star, seeker of Bulgaria, who just took his team to the World Cup, quit his job, become the backup seeker for the Chudley Cannons? Plot purpose. <laughs> Explain somewhere in this. It's a plot purpose. device. It's a plot device. Because it will bring him to England and bring him closer to Hort Hermione. To irritate Ron. That's the whole point. Well, well couldn't Could they have made st- him at least like the lead seeker of the Chudley Cannons? Why does he have to be the backup ex- seeker? Ex- ex- excuse, ex- excuse me, Kessa, did you say Hormione? Hot Hermione. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Hormione. Person who's a whore in the fic is Harry, much like Lavender Brown's fic. It's like everything with that fic at him. She loves making Harry like flex his muscles and take his shirt off every, <laughs> every paragraph. Exactly. This is a very old fic. 2002, 2001, 2002. 2001. It's post-Goblet of Fire. Every girl Harry looks at has enormous eyes and clear and over Was that the only person picturing Dan Radcliffe when they cut Harry's hair. <laughs>
Who doesn't I picture Dan nice Radcliffe? I gotta ask that. I don't know. I think of the people from the book covers, actually. You actually have to... Well, why don't we just start the podcast and we'll get into it. You guys ready? Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna try not to monologue tonight. <laughs> Let's just see, you know, how it goes. Am I recording? Am I... Stop laughing at me. My heater's broken, and I had to call the gas company to come fix it. Well, maybe I'm the able. gas guy has read Psychic Serpent. Last we heard from the gas guys on Pirate Freak Weekly. I was on the phone to the gas guy, like, trying to get an extension, because I've got wickedly high bills. And I asked for the extension, and he goes, oh, hmm, 21 days overdue. Hmm, that's so very overdue. Is there any reason you didn't call before? I'm sitting there, I feel like I'm a naughty schoolgirl. We all sat now? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I've put up on that bill. I am behind on the next bill. <laughs> I should really call them and let them know. I'm going to be a while. Would you like to call them <laughs> now like, before we start? If we no, put the good. gas guys on the podcast, maybe that'll make them happier. Yeah, I'm I sure don't this is what they've been dreaming about all their lives. be again a podcast quite like this one who brought us together and started its own forum list where the hosts are all our friends all the stories told by Jen Will it drive Ryan round the bend? Part of it weekly, where the story never ends. And welcome back to Pyrofic Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm Jen too. I'm Keza. Mike. And this is Deathroll. Mike sounds sad. I'm not sad. It's because he's worried about the cockroaches because we made him turn his light off. That is true. Mike likes to sit with a light over his head all the time because, you know, <laughs> what is the purpose? Does the light scare off the cockroaches, Mike? Someone told me that if you never turn the light off in your bathroom, they won't crawl up the pipes. Right. <laughs> because... <laughs> I live in New York, home of the bravest cockroaches in the world. Now, let's see if we can guess where Mike made his first mistake. No, let me even tell the story a different way. Now, Mike, we're starting the Psychic Serpent tonight, as you know. We're doing it for the next nine weeks or... 12 weeks or 8 weeks or 3 weeks. It depends how the hell we edit this thing. But we're covering Psychic Serpent for a while. Now, Mike, if you've ever heard him on the podcast before, will, you know, right as we're about to end for the night, we're, we're done, we're tired, we just want to go to bed, he'll raise his little hand and say, I just have seven questions. Is that all right? Now, the first one's only in eight parts. So Mike has lots of questions. So tonight, Mike has lots of questions. And he sent all of his comments and notes to Gen 2. Now, Gen 2 sent me some of her issues. And one of them was, why is Dumbledore the head of Gryffindor. And I'm like, that's fascinating, because Mike just asked me that too. I must have missed it. So I said, this is exactly the, the, the verbatim comment I have with Gen 2 here. I said, where does it say Dumbledore is head of house? She said, Mike said it. I trusted him. <laughs> I respond, Mike tried to buy LSD at Best Buy. 
understandable mistake. Very logical mistake. Well, I told you I was going to make him notate it. All the rest of my stuff that I told you that I copied over, those were real things. Those were mine. I trusted Mike for one little thing. And I'm going to have to live it down for the rest of my life. It was just the response. Well, Mike told me. I obviously believed him. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable mistake. The letter goes, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Headmaster Albus Dumbledore, Order of Merlin, blah, blah, blah. Dear Mr. Potter, as your head of house, what am I supposed to think? It's from the nerve of a letterhead. It's not it's well, McGonagall's letter. Right, but I, I opened the letterhead first, and I was thinking it was from him, because it's his letterhead. So. so let me get this straight. If if you get, like, snail mail from the Obama campaign, and you look at the letterhead, you're going to be like, oh my god, Barack Obama wrote me this letter. Like, well, that's what they want you to think. Well, that is true. You know what I love? When he sends me emails and his name, and it's like, Gen 2, Keza, P.S., President Barack Obama. Hmm, which one would you open first? He might need me. So... <laughs> now, I just have to note something. Mike is on a different connection, it sounds like, and I know his laptop exploded earlier in the week, so we have some new equipment here. I don't know what it is about Mike's connection, but he sounds drunk. I'm in a different apartment. I think maybe there's an echo or something. Now, why did you move from the old apartment? I have two apartments. I still have the old one. You're in your summer home right now. Exactly. What happened to the old one? I think it's still... I, I sleep there some nights. It's just... Uh, that's it's the apartment for the, that comes with the job from during the year. Okay. This is the one that comes with the job for the summer. I just yes. have one one quick question. If, yeah. if if the light is supposed to keep the cockroaches from climbing up the pipes, <laughs> <laughs> how is the light supposed to get in the walls? <laughs> don't know, the we, I, we don't have wall cockroaches here. We, they're not technically, what do they call them? Water <laughs> oh, this is like a brand of cockroach, a wall cockroach? A, a wall cockroach? We don't, we don't have wall cockroaches. We have the, the sub-basement water bug cockroaches that they climb oh, oh, above the pipes and then oh, dive. So, and oh, so they, so they don't they don't climb on the walls? They... <laughs> well, but they, they don't come from the walls. They don't live in the walls. They live in the pipes only. But well, the, the pipes, pipes are, are in the walls, Mike. Yeah, where it's dark. But they live in the sub-sub-basement pipes. Which is dark. Are they elitist? They won't go in the pipes upstairs. But they'll crawl out. But the the thing is, they can't last more than three days out of the sub-basement, is what I was told. You're trying to root them out. Who's giving you cockroach information? This is is environmental health. Are you talking to Richard again? I have to ask. Well, Richard decides to tell him that cockroaches lay eggs under your skin. So there I am, googling for evidence to the contrary and yelling at Richard on Skype. What did you tell him that for? And Richard is just laughing his head off. Environmental health and safety for the University of Rochester. These professors are students. Neither. These are exterminators, I guess they are. <laughs> the exterminator told you they can only live for three days if you shine lights on them. Is that a picture of Mike in like the Terminex commercial, like doing like the police interrogation with the lamp? These, these little insects can survive nuclear warfare. I, I don't think three days of flight is going to kill them. Well, seriously, think about this: what exterminator is going to get a job by telling you the things will be dead in three days? The exterminator wants you to think they can be killed. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Does anybody have this visual in their head of Mike? It is like just saying since it's subterranean water pipes in his bathroom with like a big fluorescent light <laughs> there and shining it down and going snipe, snipe, snipe. Just picturing Mike 
going on a date. Possibly with P.S. I'm all alone, P.S. I'm so excited. I love you, man. What? It's true! Wait, what? I will get them together for the season finale and we will end with a Puffle wedding. I've been shipping Mike and P.S. for at least a year and a half now. <laughs> used to say that about Harry, Ginny, too, and look how that worked out. So, I'm picturing Mike on a date and he wants to take P.S. back to the bachelor pad. And he, he, he walks through <laughs> and he holds the door and they go inside, he walks to the elevator. He won't be having a nightcap because he doesn't keep any food. Now he leans across her and he hits the down button. Now, the elevator drops like a rock down like 40 <laughs> flights and then it becomes like a Star Trek turbo lift and like goes hard to ping and it's like it's <laughs> dropping through the building and then it's like an Independence Day. Remember when they were under Area 51 and they were in yeah. that like, underground yeah. facility? That's yeah. where Mike lives because the cockroaches can't find him that far down. <laughs> the deeper you go, the more there are though. It's That's the reverse. Oh, you know what? I wonder how the cockroaches get through those concrete blocks. They're concrete Concrete chewing cockroaches. Not to be confused with wall cockroaches, because when the when the non-wall cockroaches enter a wall, it's like having a sex change operation. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I. It's all right. Well, I know I am right. I had, had an extensive conversation <laughs> with. The fact that Dumbledore was the head of Gryffindor, you could be wrong twice. <laughs> <laughs> Is it gonna be like this all night, or are we gonna? I, I sincerely think so. Wait till we start talking about the fifty. Oh God! All right. Yeah, okay. I want to do the, I want to do the prophecy. Hold on, you read the prophecy. Yes. Did you read the prophecy in the canon? No. Why? It's not that prophecy that I don't read. It's, it's stupid italic stuff that separate from the rest of the the book. Let me ask you that: If that was in italics, would you have read it? No. So I could write "Mike sucks" in the middle of every one of my emails, but if I italicize it, you're not going to read it. In fact, that's probably why I never read Minerva's name on the bottom of the letter. <laughs> it was italicized. <laughs> it's it's like Superman and lead. It's like if you <laughs> italicize that, Mike helps. All right, we will be covering for the next nine weeks or three weeks. It really depends on my general mood. The psychic Serpent Trilogy by Barr. Now, this trilogy of, of novels, of Harry Potter fan fictions, has been known to have remarkable curative properties. Now, P.S. was in a very bad, very, very, very bad. Mike hadn't called in a while. See, I'm still <laughs> like a laser beam. I'm on that. <laughs> and she read Psychic Serpent. I'm so excited. And she turned around for Psychic Serpent. I promised myself I wouldn't do this. There's something about this story. Now, I don't know what it is about this story. I read it about two, two and a half years ago. And this is my second read-through of it now. And there's something about this story. And I, I, I'm hoping to find it, like, live on air. Like, it'll be shocking. It'll be live. In living color. But there's just something about the story that I love, and it's it's such a fun read for me. And I don't exactly know what it is. It, it has a similar feel to Paradigm of Uncertainty. It's like, it's an alternate storyline. And, you know, in this case, because it's, number one, very different from canon, number two is its fifth year on, so you get a little more time to, to change the plot. It's different enough, and it's, at some points, just weird enough that it has a totally different flavor. And I just find it very refreshing. I believe these two authors know each other. <laughs> that could be it. Good night, everybody. It's I don't. I don't know. I'm stabbing in the dark here. Perhaps. I'm also gonna guess that they know Lavender Brown. All right, Gentoo <laughs> has a few comments about the bikini scene. 
and quite a few others. Running through here, I have read the entire trilogy, and I've reread to chapter 10 for tonight. Where is everyone else standing? Gen 2? Um, I'm up to the middle of chapter 9. Gen I 2? I had a really hard time. I was snarking too much. Gen 2. Trouble. I am saddened because you could have lied to me, Gen 2. I never would have known. But, but no! Truthfulness. Keza, how about you? I want to hear what you have to say. Keza, how far do you get? <laughs> chapter 10. <laughs> no, you, you lied. You, you totally just lied because he just, he, no. he just chewed me out. So you just lied and said chapter 10. <laughs> but you know what, though? I am a pathological liar this week, so I respect that. Now, have you read the story before, Keza? Yeah, I have. Like I have read it. years ago or like a year ago? Like how long? Uh, probably about two years ago. Okay. Now, now, was it a meaningful moment in your life? Um, Not two years ago, no. I prefer this, this other story that she was writing, Um, a time-falling one where Let's Harry see. goes back and has sex with his teacher. <laughs> I've when heard he's that an one. adult. He's an adult. <laughs> he's an adult in it. And his adult self goes back and has sex with his teacher. And then and back in the other timeline, his son comes to Hogwarts. And it's actually very... Wait, and she hooks up with Snape, right? Yeah, then she hooks up with Snape, yeah. The I did read that. Oh, my God. The mother of Harry's son that he had in the past when he was an adult because he was a time traveler. I'm tempted yep. to start shipping Keza Mike now. I'm not really sure why I've been going there. Uh, uh, death Roll, how about you? Uh, I've read this series before. I've never finished it because the third story was still a work in progress and I got lost in the subplots and then the prequel, The Lost Generation. So it's been quite a while since I've actually seen this. Hey, Mike, brother Mike, how about yourself? Um, I've read her other fic before and I read the first, I mean, for, for today, I read the first 10 chapters of this. Previously, I've read the first, I think it was like five or six chapters of this one, and one random chapter in one of the sequels. <laughs> a random chapter? Was there any particular why? reason? Were you like, yeah, oh, this looks like filler, and you just jumped? Someone <laughs> told me that there was that the future ones were time travel, so I tried to open one of them in the, right in the middle to try to figure out what the time, if it was really time travel. And I Am I the only one that will do that? I want to know where a story's going, but I don't want to spoil myself, so I'll like flip to an upcoming chapter, and, and literally, I squint, and I hope, like, as I'm squinting, I see a keyword or a name or something that clues me into the quality of the story. I look at the chapter titles. Unless they don't have chapter titles. Oh, there's that. Yeah, when they don't have chapter titles, that annoys me. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, like, that doesn't tell me anything. Well, I tried that once and the chapter title was The White Tomb. I'm like, hmm. White <laughs> 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 you know what, Ryan? What's that? I noticed that you didn't ask me if I had ever read this before. I got as far as you lying. No, actually, I got as far as you telling the truth, and I'm like, this sounds boring. Gen 2, you have to understand, I am a pathological liar. It's a new thing. I'm trying it out, and it's working wonderfully. You've always I lied to Ryan. Well, no, Mike, I was kidding. <laughs> that was you just to you. That, that, that was all I to see. Gen 2, have you read the story before? I tried to. What happened? Um, I laughed. <laughs> well, can I just say this? I, I, because I get so much enjoyment value, because I truly like the fic. I, 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 I enjoy reading it. It's a fun experience for me, but I am referring to this story the entire time we cover it as the Psychic Serpent Trilogy by Barb, because she continuously refers to everyone by their full names. So <laughs> I will do the same for Barb. She does. I don't know. It's like Draco Malfoy walked into the room. I'm like, who? Draco? Who? <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was just like, well, I'm sure that when it was written, it was written in 2001-ish after Goblet of Fire. So everything that she was writing was post-Goblet of Fire. Um, you know, we still had three novels to go. Everything was up in the air. Anything could have happened at that point. So, you know, anything that she had to write would have been fair game pretty much, right? So I now, agree. you know, so I'm reading it right at the point of DH coming out and it's 
it's very choppy first. Harry wanted to pick up a rock. Harry took off his shirt. <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry Harry put on black jeans and a black grungy sleeveless t-shirt and he looks like Danny from Grace. Black shirt, black pants, black sneakers, black boxers, and a black hat. I'm like, why is Harry goth? Because <laughs> Dudley gave him a tape of goth music. <laughs> No, I told I totally thought he was being Danny from Greece. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got the big muscles because goth people, you know, are usually pretty white and wiry. But Harry's been laying out in the sun and getting all tan, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, I even oh. remember when I read the story the first time. I thought I could see Harry, you know, running down the beach with Sandy. The name of his snake. <laughs> 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 Which, if you missed it, is the psychic serpent. And but I not just she a psychic serpent. She's named after Cassandra. <laughs> Well, number one, there is that, which I'm like, Cassandra, I've heard that name before, but I can't think of what... She is the uh, daughter of Priam, the king of Troy, and she's and she's giving uh, psychic powers by snakes uh, who will go into her ears and lick out her ears, which is actually, I thought, the significance of the snake licking Harry's arm. I don't know if I'm wrong. and she, But she's cursed by um, Apollo that she'll foresee all the future, but okay. she'll never be able to convince anyone that what she's saying. So, like, for instance, when they bring the Trojan horse in, she's the one that recognizes the Trojan horse as, you know, having the Greeks in, but she can't convince anyone else to look inside. Or, like, things like that throughout the entire story of the Iliad. Because I thought it was Cassandra Clare. No. You know, because because if that's the, tr- if that's the truth and there's something that obscure, you know, behind Sandy's name... How but, does Harry know? You know it's obscure. No. She says right in there, named after Cassandra. No, I know that, but how does Harry just... Like, that, everything you, know, but, you just said but, there... But, everyone but, knows that. By Harry. But, well, but, you know, she, Sandy, but she used Greek, she used Greek mythology to name the snake, but but Hermione's tits are falling out of her bikini. You know, <laughs> no, <I laughs> you know what? Harry's throwing He's rocks like, in the garden. Sandy after Cassandra, who was the and then like Mike's little definition over here from Wiki. I'm like, how does Harry know this? He won't even read a book about his parents. He doesn't know how. <laughs> like that was my. Th- there's bars in the story. Oh, there was another part too where uh, they're all gathered around. They're in the common room at their staff table and they're discussing aggregating golden egg. Yeah, which would. They're, discussing that maybe it was a gift from the Giants, and Ginny chimes in, you mean like an ambassador receiving a gift? I'm like, really? Do you watch C-SPAN? <laughs> Why would you just, it's, yes, it's like an ambassador. It happens all the time. Like, like Ginny, really? Ginny, that's a good point. Was anyone else like, why is Hermione, of all people, Hermione sending, like, bikini pictures to Harry? Is that a little forward for her? Brilliant! It's like I'm trying to do the board designations. Third of fourth. I almost said seven of nine. Well, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Hermione book four. Maybe we don't, we don't really know what she's going to be like. The story is certainly <laughs> AU from canon, you know, based on even Gobbled of Fire, but there are actually plot points in the story that do come into play later, so I will just say that, let it stay. So yes, Hermione's behavior is unchanged. Yes. <laughs> oh, I just I just thought of something. Oh, God. Do you think... No, please. I'm, 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 I'm interested. I, I'm here for you. Okay. Well, do you think maybe she's like... Well, she's being really mean to Crumb through this whole thing, but do you think maybe it's kind of like, like a reaction, like death flashes before my eyes, I must seduce Harry Potter before I I die. No. <laughs> well, I'm not going to answer that, but can you run me through this? She is mean to Kronk. Kronk. Kronk? Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm not a fan Sweet of sweet dancing. Crumb. <laughs> Ding. Crumb. All right. Well, first off, I, I had a few things with Kronk. I almost call him Kronk now, too. I had a few things with Kronk. Call him Aaron. 
I wish there was. Victor. I, I, I wish she handled Victor's move to England better. Like we were saying before we started, like okay, she wants him in England, but he's the star seeker of Bulgaria, this, who was just in the World Cup, and he's this renowned Quidditch person, and now he's playing a backup seeker to the Chudley Cannons. Like, couldn't they at least have made him like primary seeker for the Chudley Cannons? But that aside, it, the whole thing with Crumb, where they're like. I'm going to make out with Crumb so that he thinks I'm really dating him when I'm trying to get him to dump me. I, I mean, be honest. If if you were like – if you had feelings for someone, right? And no, what what really is bothering you is that is that he gave up all of his, you know, Quidditch celebrity for a piece of ass. <laughs> and the ass and the, and the ass didn't want him. So But you know, it's her right not to want him, but she's like she's leading him on for like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, but that's, that's the problem. On. The problem is that he's getting pawned. Well, I don't want to tell him the truth cuz what if he flips out and he uses, uh, you know, curses has Crumb ever done anything like that? Like, do we have any reason to think Crumb's gonna flip out the guy who saved your He's life been from the Death Eaters? Is... Dark arts well, hello. Well, hello. He turned into a snappy shark in the lake, and then he was in the Triwizard Tournament maze, and he got all. Imperial. This is just my thought that cracked me up. All right. Assume for the moment that Victor has such a weak personality that anything could get him to work for Voldemort. If you piss him off, he will work for Voldemort. If you sell him a bad used car, he will work for Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> if Market Basket is out of 2% and Voldemort has it, man, he is there. So, really weak, skeevy guy. Then you're looking around your, you, you know, the Great Hall. Maybe we can set him up with Cho. Yeah. <laughs> She'll love him. She's a I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Let's set him up with Cho. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually wrote Mike, yeah. what world are you living in? I mean, clearly Hermione's got a thing for Harry in this. I don't mind that she doesn't want to stay with Crumb, but I, I would like her to be honest with him because it just seems like it, what she's doing is just wrong on so many levels to lead him on like that, especially after he saved her life and he's never done what? anything to lead them wrong. Yeah, but they are a bit suspicious that he actually caused her to be in danger, not to save her life. Yeah. Well, and hello, just, you know. All the reason to dump them and not fake go out with them. Yeah, but hello, but think about it from this angle. Everybody wants to paint Hermione as a Greek goddess. You know, she comes back from fourth year and she's tan and you can see the whites of her eyes and she's glowing and shiny and she's got her hair and, you know, her legs are up to here and her has no cellulite and she's grown <laughs> boobs and... <laughs> And, you know, so they, and she's always gone to Greece. Every time she's gone to Greece, she's, it's, it's Greece or Corsica or, you know, somewhere in the Mediterranean, you know, so she's just acting like a goddess. Hello. She's a diva. <laughs> I have to picture Emma Watson for this fic. I mean, Hermione in my head has like a pot belly and buck teeth at this point. <laughs> and the visual doesn't work for me at all. Well, but then, but think about think about Greek goddesses. I mean, do all the time. Yeah, they're well. The, some of them aren't exactly very nice. Yeah, none of them are nice, for that matter. If we're being literal. So you're looking yeah. at the fact where Hermione visits Iceland over the summer and like comes back and she's got a parka on. Uh, well, here's the question though: <laughs> if we assume she's gonna be dump, Harry's gonna dump her. Like, like if we read the prophecy to be that they're gonna get together and then Harry's gonna dump her. What's that gonna do to the trio? And for that, I think the trio's being set up to be totally screwed because on the one hand 
Ron clearly likes Hermione, but Hermione doesn't like Ron. She likes Harry. But, Unless she does, but doesn't like the fact that she likes Ron. But it's, it's, it would make it even worse for Ron. Has feelings to me, for to me, it looks like she doesn't know which one she likes. And she's I agree saying, with Keza. And she just wants to try him out. She's doing the try before you buy thing. Yeah. Do we have any scenes of her flirting with Ron at all, though? I didn't notice anything with her and Ron being uh, particular. It's there. It's, it's there. They, Ron and Hermione flirt by fighting Mike. That is <laughs> She's frustrated by Ron. It's like the scene where Ron says he's not going to try at school because he'll never beat Percy and can beat twins on, their, on you know, owls. So why try and, you know, why work your ass off if you're not going to accomplish anything other than what you would wor- accomplish if you didn't try? And she gets very pissed with him because she thinks he's much smarter than that. And she essentially says that and starts blushing madly. Yeah. All right. To give my prediction for where this pick is going. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. Some kid is dreaming. And we're all stuck inside his wacky Broadway nightmare. I've got a theory. We should work this out. Hermione and Harry. I, I need to know where the fic is going, Mike. I think we lost yes. Mike. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. hello? Quick, Mike, where's the fic going? Hermione's going to, to hook up with Harry, dumping Crumb. Jeannie's going to hook up with Draco. Meanwhile, Draco and Harry are going to become best friends and, like, brothers, quote. I'm doing little quotes with my fingers. Uh-huh. And um, what's going to end up happening then, though, is Harry's going to realize he doesn't like Hermione. He's going to dump Hermione. He's going to steal Draco. Oh! <laughs> I like it! It's a slash pick. It's I just get that pick. out of the prophecy. Steal <laughs> Jimmy from Draco, right? Draco's going to flip that and become his enemy. And he's going to send Harry back in time where Harry is going to meet. Oh, and, and meanwhile, Harry. The, the... What, what, hold on. Does he have a DeLorean? How is this happening? Magic. Magic. The woman Harry used to love who was older is Petunia. And he no longer loves what? Petunia. He's been off in love with her. Not in a sexual <laughs> way. Hold on. Stop. 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 stop, stop. I want you to repeat that, but what? slowly. Aunt Petunia. Aunt Petunia is the older woman. Hold on. Hold on. I want you to just start from Draco sends him back in time and walk through it very slowly. Right, How did he fall in love with his aunt? No, shh. shh. It's, his, it's his protection. He gets to talk. Hey, Go. uh, what chapter's the prophecy? I'm going to walk you through this step by step. All right. Walk us through this. I got my map. Yeah, where's the prophecy? You tell what? me where this prophecy is. And what I'm chapter's? Just- Eight, I think, or something like that. No, let Mike walk through the whole prophecy. I want to see where Mike is going. Mike, after eight. Uh, here we go. Let me. I'm almost at the prophecy. Okay. All right. <laughs> there are three women in your life. One is an older woman, but there is much guilt there. You once desired her, but you are no longer interested. That is Aunt Petunia, who he loves her not in a sexual way, but he used to, <laughs> but he wanted to love her as though she was his mother. He once desired her. She's, he's no longer interested because he's given up on making her love him. There's two others. Okay? <laughs> he's given up on the love <laughs> and your brother, which is Draco, and Ginny. So it's Ginny who's torn between him and Draco. Um, and he, and then who will turn on you for for taking her over him, which means he's going to end up choosing Ginny, not Hermione, who's the third woman. And, and, by, and not Draco he, either. Not Draco either. And by choosing Ginny, he isolates Draco, who's his brother, who makes Draco turn on him. Um, and she's your true love, your warrior woman, your soulmate, blah, blah, blah. Although you must wait for her, she'll, there will be another for a while, but remain pure waiting. And he goes, and, and, there's a, and then there's another woman, there's a fourth woman, who I think is Lily. And that's when Harry gets sent back in time, and the fourth woman he loves above all others is his mother. Ah. 
And then it also says... He's talking himself into this. I like that. And then he also <laughs> says that your arch enemy doesn't really want to hurt you. And so what does that mean? That means, again, Harry's going back in time, and he's going to make friends with Tom Riddle. And because Tom Riddle's Tom Riddle, not Voldemort yet, he's not able what? to not... Wait I thought he was going back in time to see Lily. She's he's going back in time multiple times. First, he's going to meet Lily and the Marauders. Then he's going to meet Tom Riddle. And he's going to be... Confr- or maybe even Tom Riddle's not Voldemort. I don't know. It's like but quantum. He's, he's going to meet Tom Riddle before Tom Riddle's Voldemort. As a result, he's going to be able to make peace with his enemy, who doesn't... Re- his mortal enemy no longer wants to kill him. And only together can you defeat your mortal enemy. Maybe means him and Lily. Which way, first he goes to Lily's time, then him and Lily go back and befriend Tom Riddle. Right. Yeah. So your prediction for the Psychic Serpent Trilogy by Barb is that Harry desires the love of Petunia, won't get it, <laughs> but will travel back in time in Draco's DeLorean and sign a non-aggression pact with Voldemort. Yeah, it clearly <laughs> says that him and Voldemort won't hate each other, won't fight each other anymore. It clearly <laughs> says that. Yes, you had a mortal enemy, he no longer wishes to be your enemy. How much clearer that can you get? Read the part again about Petunia being <laughs> the object of Harry's desires. Uh... <laughs> There are three women in your life. Yeah. One is an older woman, but there's much guilt in that. You once desired her, but you were no longer interested. You would feel guilty about that, yes. Yeah. It's really funny, yeah, man. And the guilt is... I'm still, I'm still looking at... It's I'm, stressing I'm, me out. This is why I need you to know that it's stressing me out. We're talking about desire, and I believe further on it mentions the word lust. These are not words that I associate with familial connections, such as one's aunt and one's mother. No, no. It's it's love. Love. That's not the word I associate with Petunia. The older lust is for uh, Ginny. I thought Petunia was the older one. Oh, but the, right, the, yeah. the Petunia older one whom he desired to like him. I, but that he, was before. He, that was before he went back in time and met Tom Riddle. And but if Ginny's but he, the other older one, then who's the younger one? Ginny's not older. What are you talking about? Ginny's younger. There's three women: yes. one older, two not older. Uh-huh. Older one is his aunt, whom he's given up on making her love him. Is what the prophecy says. Uh-huh. And there's two others. There's one who's just out there, and that's Hermione. And there's the one who's his true love, who's going to steal from his brother, who is Malfoy. And then they're going to. Oh, and there's they, a fourth woman. And then she later goes. There's who's a fourth his woman. second brother? Who's his second brother? The traitor. Then where's the second? brother? I don't see second brother. The, 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 the traitor is down, down, down a few yeah. paragraphs. Down a few and paragraphs. And the family is Wormtail, I think, because he's going to go back in time. He's going to meet Lily and Wormtail and so on. And Wormtail's going to be. He's going to well, prevent. It, of course, it's Wormtail. The card has a large rat on it. Doesn't get more obvious than that. But immediately <laughs> after that, Trelawney says another brother. And Harry yeah. wonders how... It was during your blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and and for him, at the hand of the traitor, which would be Wormtail, and it's death. So the second brother gets to die. Yeah. Mo- so who is the second brother? Neville. Ding. Oh, good. I, I, I can see that. Neville's the one that dies. And ah, Malfoy's okay. the one that becomes his enemy because he stole his girl. No, it's it. Ron. No, it's Malfoy. So, no, it's, it's Ron. Because it's a mortal enemy who becomes a brother is what it says. Don't, don't Ron's ruin his Ron doesn't start off as a mortal enemy, so it has to be Malfoy. Am I the only one who looks at this and sees Nightmare of Futures Past merged with Face Shook Hands, merged with Back <laughs> to the Future Part 2? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Mike, this would make a great fic. You ought to write it. I am very <laughs> I am impressed with your level of deduction. Thank you. You know what I'm, I'm waiting. You, go back you know what I'm. You know what I'm waiting for now. What's that? I'm waiting for some something to break out and some jazzy blues riff. Oh, genuine genius! By the way, that was the coolest movie in the world. <laughs> Mike watched. Mike watched the Blues Brothers today. 
Jen, <laughs> Jen knows everything. Like she never steers you wrong with like anything in the world. Uh, I've I never seen that maybe. I love the fact that we read Dumbledore's Army in the Year of Darkness. No one says anything about the author, but we're all like Jen too is a genius. And she proves it yet again. <laughs> well, he's just like, well, I could pick the Blues Brothers or the Blues Brothers 2000. I'm like, oh my god, no, get the Belushi one. Seriously. He's like, and there's, he's like, there's some other guy in it. Um, Ray. I think, Ray I think Kistanza. he was, yeah, I think he was in, I think he was in, yeah, Dan Aykroyd. I've never seen, and, and even and I, I know he's in it. <laughs> and I wish that I could remember the the word that he used when he told me Belushi's last name and I'm like, you mean John Belushi? He's like, yeah, Bouchette. yeah. He's a Belushi. He's confusing And he's like, well, I've never, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it before. And I'm like, stop, I will not talk to you anymore today. You know, I, do not, do not speak to me anymore today until you go and put the movie in your DVD player and watch it. I, I refuse to speak to you anymore, ever. And you know, there were some famous people, like I actually read Recognize uh, <laughs> Charles. So what gave the way the glasses? I'm sorry, I shouldn't. Have. <laughs> it's like and, a and line then up. They're banging the cake Someone was telling me that the bakery woman was uh, Rita Franklin. <sighs> was she wearing the hat? That's pretty impressive that they got. I'm sorry. That pretty was they got Ray like Charles and Aretha Franklin in the movie. I'm kind of. I was impressed. <laughs> Good job, Jeff. Good job, Jeff. <laughs> I was very impressed they managed to get Dan Rankle of Harry Potter movie in space. Keep you booked. He was available. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I think in chapter one. <laughs> all right. Chapter one. What I love about the story is I, I remember reading it for the first time and I thought the first several chapters were probably the most hokey because that was the chapters when Harry has his little transformation into the character that Barb of Barb in the Psychic Serpent Trilogy wants to write about because on paragraph like four or five, Harry's like, oh my God, facial hair. Like it's growing <laughs> in, in real time. <laughs> oh, 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 my Gen 2 notes. Can I Gen do my two. Gen 2 notes, Gen please? Two. Can I say my chapter 1 Gen 2 Gen notes? Two. Do it. Okay, chapter 1 Gen 2 notes, number 1. Oh, and Victor is playing for Chudley. Can I please has air sickness bag now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Jen. I think it's sister. No, number two, Harry sings tenor. No further, <laughs> well, no further well. words needed. No further nerves. He thinks no. he might become a baritone, though. Yeah. <laughs> because Harry is familiar with music and sings song all the time in canon. Well, that's yeah. usually when he's naming Sandy. He's like, I name you Sandy after Sandra. The da -da -da -da. I'm like, where the hell did you ever read? No, you named her Sandy after Sandy from Greece. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> Why is it that Hermione always has to go to Greece? Is the implication that she becomes a Greek goddess really that widely held? I want to see her go to Biloxi. Yeah. <laughs> In canon, she goes to France, doesn't she? Yes. Yes. Four. Black bikini. Lavender brown. Flashbacks. Do you oh. to talk about the black bikini, Gen 2? Because you seem like this is just... Yeah. Maybe that was just the acid in college. <laughs> 
<laughs> Buff Harry landscaping demanding payment of Aunt Petunia. Could someone please spun oh, me we now? We have, have the demanding payment of Aunt Petunia right after Mike's prediction. For the- <laughs> <laughs> because, because he has to demand payment so he can go buy his goth clothes. This is like weird <laughs> incest. It's not not that sort of love. Like the fact that incest alone didn't even make this creepy. What is Desire mean to you, Mike? Seriously, <laughs> see, the word no, he, desire. He desired, he desired her to be his mother his whole life. No, it doesn't oh, say no, that. It's yes. just saying no, 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 not, not like that. Completely platonic. Completely platonic. I just think it means more of like the Jack and Jill part. You know what I mean? I'm having apoplexy. Do you know what the Jack and Jill part is? Okay, Deathrow, you're from Massachusetts. What is the Jack and Jill party? Jack and Jill party is where the family and friends of the engaged couple get together, throw them a party to raise money. Is this the thing Jen misunderstood and she thought you were talking about? Okay, yeah, you remember Just so you know, Deathrow, outside the New England, the Jack and Jill party is the party where where the happy couple gets together and masturbates on their friends. I want to look into that before you put it on the invitation. Right. Okay. Did not. Yeah. I'm yeah. Kind of so colorfully describes it. The circle Yes. I'm, yes, I'm Those having are a... so radically different. <laughs> well, I know. And imagine Jen's surprise when she Googled it. Been <laughs> wearing belt and suspenders, huh? I have to get to Saturday without Danielle knowing about her bridal show. <gasps> and literally, what she's making for <laughs> is not going well. I made it months. It's so much stuff flying at me. We made it to within one week of the bridal shower. And at a family party, one of my cousin's daughters says, Oh, I hear your shower's coming up. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, um, oh. I meant the other Danielle. And then bolts like hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, it's okay. I can fix this. Now, the deal with the party is we're saying it's my uncle's Father's Day party. You know, in celebration of my uncle who's in a nursing home. That party's really actually on Father's Day, but we're lying and saying it's on Saturday. So she'll come to the house on Saturday, thinks the uncle's party and it will actually be her bridal shower, okay? That sounds great, right? So now Danielle's like, shower coming up next week. No one told me about that. So then she says to that girl's mother, I'll see you at the party on Saturday. To which the mother responds, Saturday? Party's on Sunday. Oh, right. Looks right at me. Saturday. She nods her head like an automaton. So we make it about halfway to the car before Danielle says, do you know anything about a party coming up this weekend? To which point I become a pathological liar. I'm like, no, I haven't heard anything about a party. Have you heard anything about a party? No one's told me anything about a party. It must be a party for both of us. I bet it's at your house on Sunday. Well, I don't want a party on Father's Day. Of course you do, because no one would suspect that. That's why it's planned for Sunday. Well, that sucks. I have to cook for that party. Yes, that does suck. That's why your father called you and told you not to come over in the morning. He said he had to golf. He lied to you, honey. I hate liars. So the entire week I have the party is on Sunday. And I'm even saying, well, you know, it could be on Saturday and the, fa- and the Father's Day party for my uncle could be a ruse. Don't be ridiculous. They are way too classy to ask me to bake dessert for your uncle and have it actually be my shower. Little does she know we are just that white trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then, so then, she, Danielle is a chef, so she cooks dinner every night. So I usually get home from work, we have dinner, you know, in the dining room by the giant glass slider, and, and, and then, you know, we watch old episodes of Star Trek. I have the 
best marriage ever. So you are totally <laughs> the first time ever. Danielle has to leave because her mother comes by, and they were going to drive to um, the, the dress shop because Danielle's wedding dress is in. They took my car, by the way, and they ain't put gas in it like they said they would. So the next morning, I'm driving to the barber at seven o'clock in the morning, humping my steering wheel trying to get up the big hill because they didn't <laughs> fill my gas tank up. Pissed about that. So anyway, so Danielle and her mother leave at six o'clock. I'm sitting at the dinner table by the slider, and you know my mother stops by, so I get up, I go into another room, she sits down at the table. All of a sudden, you hear her open the shades, leading out to the deck. My mother screams bloody murder, and then the, the, the phrase, which I will never hear again for the rest of my life, echoes throughout the house. Oh my god! There's a UPS driver on the porch! She opens the shades really fast, and there's a UPS guy standing right there. She screams like Macaulay Culkin. He screams because there's a batshit crazy woman screaming at him that there's a UPS guy. So finally, I come out and we calm the situation down. Someone shipped a shower gift to our house, thinking they were shipping it to their own house because they didn't know how to use the computer. So minutes after she leaves, shower gifts start arriving at the house. <laughs> so we hid the shower gifts. So then tonight, my mother... Now, we're, we have to make it to Saturday. Today is Thursday. I have one day to go. I'm looking out at my mother's car in the driveway. Now, she parks directly next to my car, which Danielle drives tonight. She goes to work. In the trunk of my mother's car... Now, my mother has a RAV4, so there's, you can see the trunk area. There's a giant box with a bowl <laughs> in it. <laughs> because someone gave it to her for the shower, and she didn't have time to, to take it out of the car. So I'm like, Danielle's making dinner, and she's got her back to the window, and I'm like, I'm listening to everyone you're saying, honey, as I'm running outside throwing a sheet over it. <laughs> so I'm a pathological liar, and Gen 2, when you told the truth earlier, I just got mad. <laughs> Nice story, Ryan. When's the movie coming out? Does anyone remember what I was saying? Oh, and then it gets so much better. Now, you all remember Rena when her town was destroyed by the cyclone mm -hmm. and, yeah. and the, the transmitter yeah. fell off? Yeah. Does anyone remember after the entire town was devastated what happened like a week after that? There was a big snowstorm and the electric died. It's even better than a snowstorm. Remember how monsoon season began? Yeah, and then it flooded. And... It's monsooning during the shower. We you have don't to know buy that. a tent. You don't know that yet. They have apparently declared a monster. Death will back me up here. <laughs> Given the way the weather's been going today, I gotta say, he's probably right. There's gonna be a monsoon during the shower. Well, they said that it was gonna rain all day today. We had a few thunder boomers in this morning, and then it was sunny all day. It was beautiful, and Elizabeth swam herself to death. What the hell's a thunder boomer? A thunderstorm. It's a non-New England thing, Ryan. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. It was, it was like the first time I heard of thunder snow. I got confused. Thunder snow? Yes. Like a... I'm still confused. It's biblical. Well, you guess it's from Oscar Snow. Does anyone remember what I was saying? Chapter there is one. Thunder, there is thunder snow. I believe you. There, you can have a thunderstorm in the wintertime, and then it will just like snow like all beat hell. I've been in one. I, Let's I thought... get back to Hermione's bathing suit if at all possible is this the same one that jenny wore in curse of the damned i think you know they have to recycle <laughs> costumes and sets and all these fan fictions you know because i'm wondering well you guys well you guys don't know about it you wouldn't because you're not a girl see when girls buy bikinis or bathing suits or you know well bathing suits in general they all have this like thing in the crotch it's called a hygienic strip Tell so me when you <laughs> 
So I guess, you know, when you're in the in the dressing room at the store, you try it on, you know, just in case someone, you know, is really skanky and they actually take their panties off and try it on that way. You know, that this pathetic little strip of paper is going to keep it hygienic for the person that actually buys it. You know, hello. Wash so your I'm close everybody. Wash <laughs> it. <laughs> so, you know, your first thing you come home and you've, you've made the purchase of your seasonal bathing suit and you peel that little layer out of the crotch of your bathing suit. Oh, I would just wear it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. So I just, I'm, I'm seeing the black bikini, you know, that they're all wearing and I'm thinking that, you know, it just keeps getting rotated between them and I'm and I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, they really need that hygienic strip. <laughs> well, Ginny had it. <laughs> Hermione has it now. Did Hermione have it in Lavender Brown or Ginny had yeah. it in Lavender Brown? Well, no. Hermione had it in the beginning of Lavender Brown, remember? That's Be- right. Yes, because she did. Because she- Ron's stomach was dumping and he thought he had gas. I remember. <laughs> yeah, because she was Greek goddess then, too. She came back and she was all fan and boobs. and Because remember, there was like a whole chapter about Hermione's boobs. I remember something about Hermione's boobs in that. Now, I was reading through the early chapters, waiting for the scene where Hermione would need to put on tanning oil. Was it tanning oil or was it sunscreen? Sunscreen, maybe? Sunscreen. She doesn't need the tanning oil. She already has the tan. That's true. Anyway. Yeah, but okay, let's talk about this. Right. I can, can you please put some on my back because I can't reach it? Well, so he puts it on, his, on her back and, you know, he's about to, like, have a petrified, you know, like, catatonic fit because, you know, he's just, like, touched her skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, but I need you to put it on the back of my legs, too, because I can't reach them. And then I'm thinking that she's like this little shriveled up dwarf T-Rex thing <laughs> that I'm like, how do you... all T-Rexes. <laughs> and little people. And I'm like, little people. I'm, I'm like, how do you shave if you can't reach the back of your legs? Well, could because it be just the angle she was at? Yeah, because... Or could she just you... be lying and make Harry feel her up? No. That's she... not feeling no. up. Oh, no. If she, could... if she hadn't shaved the back of her legs, she didn't want Harry touching them. <laughs> also, I'm saying she's just lying because she wants Harry to, like, you know, touch her up a bit. Touch well, her up? Why are we talking like we're 12-year-old boys? What is happening? <laughs> That's what this is about. It's like a 12-year-old boy be like, oh, well, then he, And then it's she's like, oh, the back of my knees are very sensitive. And then he touches them. She's like making groaning sounds. And I'm thinking, the backs <laughs> of my knees never did anything like that. <laughs> I'm like, I what watching, am I? Bro- um, I I'm wa- broken. I was watching Everybody Loves Raymond a couple weeks ago, and it was the one where Robert and Amy got married, and they had been, and they're in that honeymoon phase where, oh, I love you more. No, I love more. No, I love you more. And Deborah looks at Raymond and says, oh, please, she probably still shaves her legs. And Danielle and I are watching this. She looks over at me and kind of shakes her head like, yeah, I bet she does. And then just leaves the room. Well, yeah. And I that, want to know is what's wrong totally with Harry true. in this scene. I mean, he debates faking a mind attack from Voldemort to get out of this. <laughs> what is wrong with him? <laughs> well, nothing that doesn't get solved by the... <laughs> Back, it was Melinda Leo writing this. His pants would get tighter. <laughs> <laughs> I have officially given her a reputation. <laughs> and you notice after all this stuff is happening, you know, there's really no mention of Harry backing away, bent slowly <laughs> toward her door. He grabs, you know, he grabs a little pad he was kneeling on to prevent his knees from getting all the... He grabs a, he grabs a rock to hide himself. <laughs> a rock. 
<laughs> grabs a boulder. <laughs> he can lift them now, too. <laughs> I'm just going to carry this around in front of my waist for the next, oh, three years. Shudley's <laughs> uh, uh, like, that's not a girl, that's a woman. woman. What is up with that? Oh, it, it was creepy to watch the, only- the scenes with the two of them together. Oh, yeah, he's heating him up. He runs into his bedroom and get, pulls out like dishes and silverware. Wait, and, what is the curse? Like, I'm service right. <laughs> I'm service right. This fic does not reflect well on her mind. Think about it. She's leading Crumb on, like making out with him to trick him. She's flirting with Dudley so Dudley will turn good. She's like sending Harry bikini pictures and making him rub. <laughs> I have in my notes she sends Harry self-made porn. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I was thinking too that I was like, oh, I look at the picture. What's that picture doing? by your bed, Harry. Oh, you mean Hormione? <laughs> Hormione. Who, who then comes in when he's changing and, like, you know, like, oh, bursts open the door and jumps oh, in. Yeah. Oh, hello. oh, hello. He tells her to leave. Could you please leave? I'm not comfortable with getting out of bed when my skivvies. Hello. So he, she leaves and then he gets out of bed and she totally comes back in on him. I think Hermione's on medication. What's everyone else think? No, I think she's horny. Okay. I don't like her. Why don't you? <laughs> Keza sounds very <laughs> sad about it. Keza, talk to me. Come on, Keza. I just, it's a really, it, it's an annoying characterization. And I know that the author has her reasons, but I just wanted to take a pen and stab her. I just, I just like stupid Hermione just playing games and being stupid. And the characterization bugs me. I don't like it. Like I said, it makes sense later. I know, but you can call it it's sense. Painful. It's painful to read this, you know, leggy Hermione with the tan and the, you know, she she asks whether or not Harry wears boxes or briefs, and I'm just like, who cares? Oh yes, Harry wears. Hermione doesn't ask this question, and and like I said, I know that there's supposedly a reason, but I just think it's it's a fic that one of my pet hates in fics is when it's like the character goes and gets the bright yellow sundress from such and such designer and tinge it with their, you know, matching black pumps from blah, blah, blah shoe place and do this to their hair and they put on this colour eyeshadow and, you know, and she meets the guy that she's going on the date with and he's wearing a green button-down shirt from such and such a place and black slacks, blah, 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 and he's got these fantastic shoes and he's done whatever to his hair and I'm just like, I don't care what people are wearing. She put on a nice dress and got ready for her date. She liked how she looked. He looks very good too. And then move on. Like, I don't Death care what color their shirt is. I don't care if they're wearing boxes. But it's the I'm wrong like, detail. It's, it's just, a- like, just stupid. I'm like, I don't care whether her bikini is black or white. I don't care. It's just Tell the us wrong. how you really feel. She, she doesn't care. It's the <laughs> wrong details. You know, she's giving you all these details. She's got the yes. big green eyes and the long eyelashes. And, and, and Hermione's bodice is tight and yeah and you know but then they're just like choppy little sentences where there should be description and (laughs) i have a question i have a question in the middle of chapter one in Mm. caps does it randomly say stop here yes it does for no apparent reason like it's a a note to the editor stop here (laughs) i have no idea what's behind that that. my text reader read it out loud i'm like what i I don't think that 
It is. I don't think it's. Yeah, where are you guys reading it? Are you reading it for Schnoogle? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm reading it from fanfiction.net. I've got it in Schnoogle, but I don't have stop here. Although his brain then converted the hissing sounds into words. He could only actually speak parcel tongue when he was confronted with a snake. Stop here! <laughs> yeah, stop here, because that's not canon esque. That's a yell on another. Yeah, where they have to scratch the little snake on his glasses so that he can speak up. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Points, in the, especially in the early chapters, where it's kind of laughable. Just, you know, the different characterizations. What I find is the longer I read the fic, the more I kind of get pulled into the universe. And, you know, when I get accustomed to the writing style and I get accustomed to the way Harry thinks in this fic versus canon, some are certainly better than others. For whatever reason, this one, it's just, it's fun for me to read because maybe I don't get as pissed off as Kez does because Kez is yielding weapons (laughs) over there. I laugh at it. It's just fun to read because it's not bland. I like Harry. It's Hermione that I have a problem with. I think it's like, right after the stop here and he says well you've got to speak to them in their own language I laughed I laughed I laughed I thought that was the funniest thing it's like how is he going to get out of this it's oh you've got to speak to them in their own language and I the fire community in Sweden so I, I've chatted with a lot of them <laughs> was I the only one who thought I'm whore but <laughs> it is only Hermione that I wish to use my weaponry on well he's kind of a prude though because later on he's like I can't kiss Cho-chan. I, I just can't bit, kiss. I'm like, well, you're sending her off to go out with the Death Eater. I think you can please kiss her. Like, he's ogling Hermione in her bikini, right? He's like, oh, oh, you know, he's practically drooling. And then she's like, can you put on the sunscreen? And he's like, oh, no, he's terrified. I'm like, well, um, didn't, what is the point of ogling someone and you get to touch Girls them? Girls have cooties, Kaza. Well, not Harry's stage of life, they don't. <laughs> Harry's not over the cootie stage yet. Um, I think he's over oh, the cootie stage. He is so well he, over it. Yeah, he's but, um, over. But here's the other thing about Hermione that bothers me. Dudley is still fat. Even if he's running, you know, he's he's still huffing and puffing it to the park. He's he's not boxer Dudley yet. You know, we don't know about that in canon. He he's still run down the street and got winded and almost died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one ounce. Yeah, one ounce. Dudley is still the fat ass with service for eight in his bedroom. <laughs> Sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous for eight at the Dudley's bedroom. <laughs> and Hermione, wow. Hermione is chatting him up. Yes. Please, Are you saying that game. people don't like to chat up fat people? No. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Did you just pick up an accent when she said that? You see, her, Hermione, you didn't do it out of genuine. It's on my phone. I have Harry Potter on my phone. Movies? <gasps> really? I do. See, I'm, I'm completely stupid. No, I'm just saying that Dudley is disgusting. And he has always been disgusting. He's characterized as being disgusting. You know, and he's just disgusting. He's Dudley. He oh, puts me off. And she's, she's chatting changed. him up. But she's changed Dudley. This Dudley. This Dudley. Freaks me out. I'm telling you. She turned him up on the first day. Wait, why did he freak you out, Kezza? Smite, my turn. Isn't that after he sat at the dinner table and said to his parents, What did you get Harry for his birthday? And they say nothing. And Harry's like, That's not true. Once I got a coat hanger. And Dudley suddenly starts yelling, It's his birthday. You never get him anything you get. You know, this is not disgusting, Dudley. This is Dudley turning over a new leaf. Yeah, but I'm still trying to get over that because I'm still barfing into my air sickness bag because it's a Dudley turns into his best friend pick. 
So I'm still trying. I'm reeling from the whole Dudley, you know, turns over the new leaf thing. See Dudley do that in Deathly Hallows? <laughs> Not so far wrong, is it? Well, and I believe and Harry and Dudley and their families have Christmas together and dinners together after canon. Oh, uh, running down the road and training each other is a lot different than a handshake. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, does anyone like the part where he says, what would have happened if you died and I had to go live with her sister? I thought it was <laughs> and like, You, you would have gone to Aunt and she loves you! <laughs> but what if? <laughs> it's a very I'm interesting just saying, idea. what if you get... Uh, sorry. Maybe it's Dudley, then, who's the enemy that turns into a brother. Oh, you could be right, Mike. So, so let me get this straight. Dudley uh, is Harry's brother, and yeah. Petunia is the a- object of Harry's lust. <laughs> Not lust, love. It says lust. Trelawney says lust when she's flipping over she the car. Does. She says lust. No, no, but, but lust, is, lust is for the oh. other two. Oh. Oh. What about desire, Mike? He desires Aunt Petunia. No, he doesn't desire her. He desires her love. It doesn't say he desires her love. It says the prophecy thing says he desires her. You're putting extra words in there. You can't do that to a prophecy. It doesn't work anymore. Can we hear the turnaround music, please? Thank you. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely. Every now and then I get a little You did that totally note. wrong, though. There was one note in the very middle where it sounded like a cat died. Yeah. But everything else was so... <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I really want to see? I want to see Jen and Death Roll do like one of those duets where it's like, you know, the girl singing and like the guy comes in and goes, blah, 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 and the girl goes, da, 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 da. Why you do mean, you like always Daddy want me? Sandy from Greece, just like Back Harry to that again. Yeah. We the go together like Ramalama Lama. Blippity ding da dong. There we go. Do you know what that'll do? Blippity ding da dong. That's why I stopped trying. Encore! See, what's scary is, like, I'm in Indiana, and she's, like, in Australia, and we're, like, doing this, like, oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. You can edit that if you want. (laughs) Don't you dare. (laughs) Whoever you are, Wayne. Wayne, if it's you, don't edit. I don't know why it reminds me, but I remember, I think I'm still in the first chapter here. I had a lot of notes about the first chapter because it just made me laugh. But, you know, um, whatever chapter it is, it might be chapter two, I don't know. And Harry gets the the, the note that he's a prefect. And (laughs) 
And he's like has to restrain himself from running around going, I'm a prefect, I'm a prefect. And I'm like, I cannot imagine Harry trying to restrain himself from doing <laughs> Can you imagine? He's like, I'm a prefect. But Cedric is still dead. <laughs> and the what? other thing that bothered me greatly, I'm sitting there reading and like there's so much bacon in chapter one. I'm sitting in the, in the library at uni, I'm reading and I'm sitting there and I, every time an owl flies by, every two two sentences, like that, Harry gives it bacon and like everyone's eating bacon and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really want some Dead bacon. <laughs> and then I find, it's like flying pigs in the owls. And, and then I find, <laughs> get to the part where Uncle Vernon has the toilet paper stuck on his face and I'm like, she's like vomiting. That is one of the most disgusting and memorable bits of this fic. It has stuck oh, with me for years. Like, oh, oh, oh. And then I'm like, he falls on his bacon. He falls on his bacon and he's eating the toilet paper blood-covered bacon. I'm like, I don't want bacon anymore. And he leans over the hand, Harry, more bacon. He checks around. Doesn't Fred throw bacon in Jimmy's mouth when she tries to talk at one point? Yes. No, 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 she's sitting there watching Harry, haircut Harry. Yeah, she's got her jaw. She's just jaw dropped. (laughs) Haircut Harry. Yeah, because haircut. Because real Harry really wants everyone to see prominently his big scar there. Scar on his head. Because he he doesn't spend his entire, you know, his entire school career using his bangs, you know, his fringe, you know, pressing it down to cover it up. He's wearing a bandana. Although I did like it when Harry looks in the mirror and he's like, "Hmm, I need a haircut." And I'm like, I look back. I'm like, "Yeah, this is supposed to goblet of fire figure." I'm like, "Oh yeah, the movie." people read this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because they shaved everyone's head up. Well, you know what the thing is about the story? I'm picturing Dan Radcliffe and Emma Watson, so the scenes actually work for me. Like, oh, I could see that. I could see that. Well, then Harry, he becomes a prefect, and the first thing is, maybe I should write Ron and tell him. <laughs> yeah. I sure Ron will love that. Oh, what a wonderful idea. At least he's smart enough to not do this. Harry has at least figured that that much out. Well, you know, and then then poor Ron. I mean, he he get he's the prefect, and then he, they give him the Quidditch captaincy, which he totally shouldn't have gotten. Well, those are both of the things that Ron wants, right there. I know. Yeah. I mean, I like canon where that JKR did not make Harry a prefect. I like that because, and she didn't make Harry Quidditch captain until Half Blood Prince in sixth year, because it would have been so easy to do what this author's done and just oh, let's make him a prefect, and we'll give him the Quidditch captain so that he's fabulous, and we'll. Turn him into super confident Harry with muscles and a tan who doesn't mind showing off his scar. Isn't it a little selfish of him too not to give Ginny the seeker position? If she's that much better than him, why is he holding on to the seeker position instead of Ginny? Because she's yes. a good chaser. Because she's what? She's a good, she's chaser. A good chaser. But she's a she's... natural born seeker. It's like she can beat Harry. So... Yeah. so what? Nobody else in the school can. So why not have him be seeker if she's that good as a chaser? Why not see how Harry good she's to defeat evil dark lords and he's got better things to do than play Quidditch and that would be that Ron would have a shot at being the Quidditch Wait, captain. Death Roll, think about this yourself. <laughs> How would you feel if you were like, what sport did you play in uh, high school? None of the above. What's, what was the last sport you played? I went to the batting cages a few weeks ago. What if like you're the you know the star first baseman for? Oh, uh, I, ab- I absolutely agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I just have to say the Quidditch scenes for me are like prophecy scenes for Mike. Whenever they get into batting, like batting practice, 
Whenever they get into like the rotations of the Quidditch teams and who's playing what positions, I totally zone out because I usually skim yeah. the skim the games themselves because it's like Harry was on his broom, he saw the Quidditch, so then Malfoy they dove, Harry got closer, Malfoy. Got... I'm like okay, let me know how it turns out. Right, if it's my any consolation, I did the same thing, and I like Quidditch scenes. Yeah. Well, my my scenes are better than that. I'll have you know. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're good. Her her so Quidditch scenes are top rate. The best thing that I think that Barb did in the early <laughs> chapters was when they get back to Hogwarts and they're at the sorting. She makes Sirthen to put in there that Harry notes we have a new sorting hat song. This is wonderful. It's a new song. But she never actually tells us the song. That's because the really, really hard. But she, really hard. Hey now. Hey now. But she did. But she noticed that she did remember to tell us that Hermione sung her version of the school song to Candle in the Wind. <laughs> Yes. And Fred and George sang Waltzing Matilda spelt wrong. This is very <laughs> angry this evening. What's Waltzing Matilda? Waltzing Matilda. Once a jolly oh. swagman, once a jolly swagman, camped under the camp by we- a billabong, huh? under the shade of a cool of a tree, and he sang as he watched and waited till his billy ball. You'll come waltzing Matilda with me. Waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda, you'll come waltzing Matilda with me. And he sang as he watched and waited till his billy You'll come well, sing Matilda with me. You don't, you don't remember that? That we had a whole peon cast where Keza sang. I remember, <laughs> singing, I remember the peon cast where she sang, but she sang so many songs, they probably just. It's have in to the go. 12 hour podcast, Mike. <sighs> and speaking of Sorting Hat songs, I just was saying they're really hard to write because I had to get someone else to write my Sorting Hat song, didn't I, Death Row? Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Death Row. Really? Death Row wrote your Sorting Hat song? Death Row wrote my Sorting Hat song. I wrote some lame piece of crap and he fixed it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I got to read yeah. this now. Yeah, you got to read my thing. I'm nearly finished. I only got one more chapter to go. Very exciting. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's, you're done. I will read it. So back to this fic. Yes, um, back to I, this fic. I find it so amusing that they call the landscape a dick. It's like t- <laughs> like every t- every time you need someone, they they call them the character Richard because then they can call them Tom, Dick, and Harry. You know. <laughs> well, I need a character. What shall I call him? I will call him Dick. Richard. I can't talk. I just called the Defense Dance of Dark Arts teacher, Richard. And then the stones <laughs> fall on Dick, and he is trapped under the stones. And Harry's like, thank God, I have recently become a bodybuilder. And Charles is over. <laughs> <laughs> There's very subtle references to the fact that Petunia called an ambulance, and they got them on the ambulance, and they, and they took him to the hospital. I'm like, I can't see Petunia giving him the rest of the day off, even if the stones <laughs> fell on him. And then there's Petunia and Petunia and Vernon in general, and in the, the whole beginning of this fic. Every time magic happens, the Grangers came, and Sirius came, and Snape came, and, and every time a little in, anything happened, they're just screaming all the time. You know, yes. like, oh, no. yes, all the time. Sirius <laughs> changes so into a dog, <laughs> and Petunia screams, and two seconds later, he changes back into a man, and she screams again. And he you says, know, sorry about that, and changes into a dog again, and she screams again. I read this a few weeks ago. When Sirius showed up, wasn't it one of those, hello, I'm Sirius Black? I'm like, didn't you just meet each other like a week and a half ago? You threatened them on the train platform? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like Petunia's diving for cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd been at least a month, I figure, somewhere. Oh. Sirius was so civil to them in his letter, and then later on when he comes, I, I didn't expect that of him. Well, you know, he had Snape and he had a machete. <laughs> <laughs> it's my gear on, yeah. <laughs> netting. 
<laughs> That's another one of the clear memories I have of this fic, even though it was years and years ago. Snape in the safari outfit. Oh, completely it's With a giant net. Mosquito netting. Machete. And you can see his knees. And oh. Doesn't Harry scream at Snape when he turns up? Yes, he does. Door? And I would too. It's like the UPS but, guy in the porch. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I remember thinking, why is Snape? You know, why would anyone send Snape to Harry's doorstep? Stupid. And then I read what Snape was wearing and I just didn't care anymore that it was Snape. And I just cracked up laughing. <laughs> and Harry looked at the color of his knees. He had not been on a safari. <laughs> you, know, he, you know, he comes in, he's got the, the, the safari outfit on and, you know, the machete at his, on one side and his wand holster on the other, carrying a leash with Sirius on it. <laughs> Sirius. <laughs> no, no, don't. No, bad doggy. Don't shit on I've got, I've got two things on this. Two more things on this. One, picture Alan Rickman in that getup. <laughs> and two, Snape may be dressed outrageously, but all of the bits match. And I say, go Snape. <laughs> <laughs> He's dressed up in Molly, so I guess it's to work. I, I did really want Sirius to, you know, just hike a leg on a plant. I have a landscaping question. Yeah. Yes. Does it seem like the, the, the backyard renovation project takes way longer than necessary? Yeah, because <laughs> you know those blitz shows, you can do it in a weekend. You send the family away to a tropical destination on an all expenses paid <laughs> With a video camera and a guy to film them, and then you race into the backyard, you transform it in one weekend. So I don't know why it needs to take weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Who are the guys Harry's on doing green, it. Who are the guys on <laughs> Green Acres? It was the, it was the brother and the sister on Green Acres who were fixing the house, and they were klutzes. And then they did Green Acres twenty seven years later, the movie, and they were still working on the damn house. Like that was the thing. It's like Dick's there with a bunch of guys, and they're there for weeks, and then it's only Dick, and then Dick. Is injured. Then Harry's like, I'll do it. And Vernon's like, Well, there are no other landscapers left in the world. We may have to take him up on that, Toonie. Well, well, see, but on the, like on the Blitz for- show, they all have, you know, they have backhoes and bobcats and, you know, you know, big pieces of power equipment. Just Harry, and he had to get boulders. He had to get buff enough to be able to carry the rocks around. How no, big no. rocks are we talking? This is uh, oh, oh, this like really, really big rocks, and think you know they probably made him walk all the way to the home improvement store to get the plants. So he had to bring them back one at a time. By the way, I have no forgiveness for Harry for not warning Ron he was about to get crushed. He was pissed. Oh, he fell down the stairs. No excuse. Ron broke his leg. I'd be like, oh. actually, here's a question too. Why can't he tell anyone about? Why can't he tell Hermione about the snake? Like, why does he have to hide the snake's powers from Hermione? Because he do- because he doesn't want Hermione to like get on him about you know cheating and divina- divination. But I mean, and she'll take that, the snake way much like she did to his precious and beloved broom because Hermione kills all the fun. He wants the snake to help him in class. He's hoping that it will help him, you know, in class and he thinks that if she knows that the snake has a sight, then she'll take it away and tell him that he has to do his own work and he's just like, screw that. See, is he thinking that far ahead, really? Like, in the summer? That's already what he's no, planning? No, this is Harry, who, whose only friend in the summer is Hedwig, right? 
and he meets this fantastic psychic snake. Right? Perfect English. <laughs> and it's his only friend apart from Hedwig. <laughs> it's his only friend apart from Hedwig who's always delivering letters, right? And if Hermione found out, she she's like those people that want to experiment on the aliens. And Harry is like the person who's made friends with the aliens and sees them as people, damn it. Right? Hermione wants to dissect Sandy for information. She would. She would. She would. So, see, Harry has to be secretive about these things because otherwise they get taken away from him. That's because a good point. Harry is a abused little boy. I don't know, but it, no, it's Harry's like psyche in his brain because he's abused and shoved in cupboards and he doesn't get to keep nice things. See, so if he tells anyone that he has a magical snake that can tell one minute into the future because that is. Oh, helpful. <laughs> then someone is going to take that her like away. A bad pickup the fish is wet. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have 40 seconds to figure out if we're all going to talk. Because I think it's very effective that he notices there's, there's a snake and he goes, Here, snake. Here, snake. <laughs> Here, snakey poo. Here's Sandy to be his pet and they get into an interesting philosophical debate <laughs> over slavery and you know. And they decide instead of being pet and owner, they'll just be life partners. (laughs) If I was Hedwig right there, I'd be pretty offended. Like, I would, like, bite his fingertips and, like, fly off in a pissy fit because... I don't think that in this fic that Hedwig and Harry can actually speak to each other in their brains. That's another fic. But you don't... Hedwig has... Harriet, they have no soul bond. Sandy and... (laughs) Sandy meets Hedwig for the first time. You've come to... Turn around! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what, what I'm referring to is like you know how in canon like if Harry says something like rude about Hedwig she'll go into a huff about it Hedwig so that's what I said you keep saying Hedwig Hedwig Hagwig anyway you know how in canon if he says something to the yeah. bird about the bird so I'm saying it's an owl it's an owl <laughs> anyway my, my point being uh, when he introduced <laughs> that was that that was a little very Sorry, Mike. Come on. Your voice got very threatening. So it did. Up. It was very mafia. The point being, again with the mafia. Again, what is your point? Mafia. The point being. What's point, the point? point What's your point? Was ha- oh yeah, your point. Then I would ask. Yeah, my point. Uh, my point being that if I was Hedwig, I'd be pretty insulted when he's referring to her as like he like he described who the pet is as like a servant, and he's like, yeah, that's Hedwig. She's kind of like Dobby. <laughs> if I was Hedwig, I'd be like all like in a pissy. Oh, I thought that was your life partner. <laughs> It is. It's like he gets a snake for like two days, and, he just, and she just like replaces Hedwig, and Hedwig's like, "Oh yeah, that other one over there." <laughs> because Hedwig cannot predict the future. Yeah, she can only be helpful. carry the mail. Can Sal's fly? I don't think so. Pardon? Is it can Sal's what? fly? She can't fly. Sal's. I, can't. Sal's. I mean, that's the uh, like no, that's that's some other thing. Yeah, sorry, uh, Cassandra. Sandy. Can call her Sandy, please. I keep pushing Sandra Claire trying to fly. <laughs> oh right. my god. Yeah, but when we say Sandy, I'm thinking, you know, Sandy. Sandy from Greece. You go back. Hopelessly devoted. Hopelessly <laughs> 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 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> and then the night bus comes, and Dudley is standing in a car. He's standing. Where is he standing? He's... And he screams too. <laughs> so does Hermione because she's not expecting it. You know what I find actually? Before you talk about the night bus, I was um, reading along, and it's like, but Harry, don't you know that this is the safest place for everybody to be? It's like the safe house of the Wizarding Wells because there's world because there's so many spells and protections on it because it's got to keep. You're safe and you have to land three miles away on the port key and walk in because you know it's so protected and I'm like Dumbledore took him there in the middle of the night and told no one except Minerva McGonagall and Hagrid how is it that there's all these spells like I know it's before we learnt all the thick stuff about the blood protection but I don't know how people got to that conclusion it's all that the ministry <laughs> you know, are you put doubting him there. Hagrid's ability to weave protection wards? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm saying the Ministry. Ha- Dumbledore basically stole a baby from a crime scene <laughs> and dumped him on a doorstep, <laughs> a day's drive away. And you know, there are Harry Potter sightings when people think they've seen him. The Ministry doesn't know where Harry Potter is because Dumbledore and McGurn McGurn and McGonagall keep it. Keep it a secret (laughs) they keep it a secret and they never once check on him to make sure that he's not being beaten up and locked in a cupboard and yet the ministry has put around three miles worth of wards and protective charms i don't think so anyone who tries to walk up to the house breaks out in a rash (laughs) and you wonder why keza has anger management problems I'm very cold. It makes me cranky. Gas guy's coming at noon, though. We're fine. Don't worry about it. What time is it there now? 11.54. They could be here in six minutes. Let's cross her. How much do you think the Hermione's parents paid uh, the, the Dursleys? Yeah, how much did they pay? It, we weren't told, but it was enough that Vernon started shouting at Harry to take care of Hermione's bags. Well, he, his eyes got very big, too. And since yeah. we know that he has an upper management position at the Brill Company. Grunnings. We have Grunnings. We have to assume that, and, and since they actually have a house in England on a road with a yard, because I've been told that property in England is pretty pricey, I'm going to assume that he actually makes a goodish amount of money. So if it made his eyes open wide, I'm going to assume that it was a nice chunk of change. So... 500 pounds? Yeah, I don't know. My relatives in England all have houses with yards, I and we're poor. <laughs> so I don't think it's that unusual. But they're in London. They're in Surrey. We have a yard so in my suburban. house. Are you talking about the Grangers, or are you talking about the Dursleys? The Dursleys, but, I mean, it's suburban London. No, they probably have well, yards in suburban. I mean, it's like saying, you know, like a house with a yard in New York City. But they are, they are all squashed together. They're, no. They're all squashed there. I have a decent-sized yard in New York City, and we're not rich or anything. Define, yeah. well, where are you? You're in Brooklyn. I mean, but but, but I'm, in, I'm in, like, the same sort of neighborhood as Danielle. Yeah, but there's no houses with yards in that area. Yes, there are. In that area of Brooklyn? There's not really, no. Yeah, yes, there are. I know plenty of people who live there and they have very big I yards. always, um... In the same area always... Danielle was in? Yes. Not Danielle, obviously. She lived in an apartment building, but actual houses, yeah. Yeah, but, like, on those blocks, like, in the vicinity where she lived, no one had a yard. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. I had looked at the aerial views. So, there's no so have I. You, you not... We'll do it later. Carry on. I always think of the Dursleys living in the house like my aunt lives in. She lived in um, one of the suburbs of Southampton. And what it is, is the houses are pretty much all, like, squished together and joined up. But there's this tiny little handkerchief of front lawn in the front yard and a tiny little bit of lawn in the backyard. And the houses are, like, tall and narrow and... 
and they're all yeah. crammed together. That's what I always look to that. Oh, that's, I guess that's what I, I see it as, too. That's yeah. Why does it take 17 weeks to do over the yard? They were yeah, using a backhoe, too. Of, What's up with that? It's the size of a pocket handkerchief. I don't think they need a backhoe. Hey, I have to tell you, when you said that he works for Grunnings, right, I have to tell you this little story about my son. He's five and a half, and he's just started school, and he's a very good reader. It's actually very scary. Now, for an assignment, I made a picture book of the first Harry Potter book, and he's already read that. So he, he feels ready to move on. So he's five and a half and he picks up my copy of Philosopher's Stone and says he's going to read it. I'm like, okay, this is a novel with no pictures and small words. But he's such a big, huge Harry Potter fan that he's going to read it. So he reads it and I'm listening to him. He doesn't know what a briefcase is, so I have to tell him what briefcase is. And he gets to the end of the page and what's happened is that Vernon Dursley's gone off to work and he's looked at the cat on the corner and going, don't be an idiot, cats can't read maps, right? This is right. what's happened. He's gone off to Grunnings. So I say to Michael, my son, um, to see to test his comprehension of all these big words that he just read, what do you think has just happened? And he's like, well, he got his briefcase, because this is word, he's learnt it, and he got in the car and ran over the cat. <laughs> or something like that. And I'm like, where do you think he was going? And he's like, thinking really hard. And he's like, he went to get a drill. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Awesome. And I'm like, about to explain to him that he's gone to work. And he goes, because he needs a drill to tape up the letterbox. Because in the movie, it has the drill. He drives so, over McGonagall on the way there and back. So my son thinks that Vernon Dursley gets up in the morning, kisses Petunia on the cheek, takes his little briefcase, drives over the cat to buy a drill because he knows he's going to have to sport up the letterbox in the next chapter. That was so funny. <laughs> So I, I explained like to him he was going to work and he's like, oh, because my husband doesn't go to work, he works from home, so he's a bit confused why he <laughs> needs to drive to work. It's very, very confusing. <laughs> I had to explain it. Harry Lassamine. Listening to all these ships, I would find it so cool if like 20 years from now, Kez's son and Jen's daughter wound up together. <laughs> How what? fitting would that be? When they How meet fitting. at the local fair? <laughs> Get a Harry Potter convention. They meet the PFW and they fall in love and they you know, they become best friends throughout their their early years. And it's it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be an in, an internet love connection. It is not so far from the truth. I was talking to some of the mums at school yesterday. Right, see, my son has two older sisters and. He's very sensitive to women. So he plays with the, the kids at school and you ask him who we sit next to and he sit next to Aaron and Chloe and he's gone to Aaron's house to play and he wants to go to Chloe's house to play <laughs> because he is all about the girls. It doesn't matter. He will just let, he chats them up. He really does. He's five and a half and <laughs> he just goes for the ladies. And one of the other mums is like, he's going to be a real ladies man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I think he might be. So you never know, Mike. Your prediction could come true because, you know, you just chat up anything in a skirt, so apparently. So then Gen 2 would be the in-law. <laughs> and wait, and then at the wedding, I'm going to make a toast where I'm going to say when they were five years <laughs> old, be- I predicted this. Mike's assuming that we're going to invite him. <laughs> that's the part that's in, up in arms right now. Well, you're going to invite P.S. and he's going to be with her, so. Oh, that's right, because I ship yeah, my P.S. Yes. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> because stranger things. Where are we going to have the wedding, Jen? Where, where should we plan it for? Germany. England. Halfway between. <laughs> England. Harry Potter. How is that halfway between? <laughs> between Australia and Indiana. I have to fly 20 hours to get to England. Come on. Well. You won't lose any time. It'll be a whole Hawaii. Off the coast of Somalia. Is that closer? <laughs> Well, considering that Elizabeth is the girl and therefore we would have to pay for the wedding, I would say that it would be here. Oh, so you'd have to fly here. It'd be even cooler if like, oh my God, if like this will be like you. Mike has impressed himself. Hold wait, on, Mike. Didn't <laughs> stay good friends in this 20 year period. You've never actually get together and meet. And the first time you two see each other face to face as best friends is when your two children are also getting married. Okay. Okay, so Who they have a relationship married? and they get they, they get engaged and everything without either of us ever having met. Well, well without like they've, they've met each other, but like you and Jen haven't traveled and met each other. You so see what our I'm kids have the money and the means to travel before we do. What kind of t- sick and twisted universe is this? No, no, not that you don't travel, but just like you know, like just for whatever reason, you You're and Jen boring. never haven't both traveled the same place. You don't together. like to leave the house. <laughs> that is true. You, you have a very vivid imagination. All right, but if this happens, I need to be. You, like, even if we fall out of touch, if it winds up those two get married, you have to, like, look me up and somehow I'll invite me. I'll track you down, Mark, and I'll so let I you know. The wedding. Like, I suspect you won't be hard to find. <laughs> no. Nope. York Mansi's cockroach. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Note, note, note to self. If this happens, look up Mike. <laughs> I'll keep that pinned to my shirt. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? <laughs> and Keza are going to be sitting next to each other at the wedding. Keza will lean over. You're never going to believe what we forgot to do. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, I'll let pop. <laughs> I'll never forgive you if you don't invite me to that wedding. <laughs> the mythical fictional wedding. <laughs> 20 years in the future. <laughs> exactly. It's all right. We'll borrow a DeLorean. <laughs> we'll just oh, go funny. forward. We'll check out whether or not it happens and get back to you. <laughs> that's my new ship, are those two. <sighs> Michael uh, Elizabeth. Uh, oh, I thought you were calling him by his first and middle name. It was a sucky middle name, but Elizabeth, it's not. What's your middle name? I'm not sharing. It's sucky. Type to me your middle name. No, I, I said I'm not sharing. I'm not saying. Mike, I, type just to me your middle name. Please, you have no. Si- yeah, I know how that is. Oh, Ryan. oh I just Mike. thought of something. Oh, I just thought of something. <laughs> Mike, and she's telling us what she thought of. Type me your middle Mike, name. I can't. I don't know if we're allowed to say this. I don't know if we're going to need the editor, but what is P.S.'s real name? Er, Elizabeth? Oh, <laughs> Subliminally, Mike is setting up himself. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> Mike's a shipper. <laughs> oh, no. You're reading. Oh, no, no. Oh, I will say, by the way, did anyone else, when they read this, like, have a moment where they thought P.S. wrote this thick? No, I, I would not even know. P.S. He, he doesn't mean. What do you think? P.S. wrote this fic? I said for a second, I, I, I would do a double take when I saw the title. It says, what does it say? Um, Psychic sir? Serpent? No, no, no. But, it, but but if you go to the title page, it, it says like P.S. on it. Like, oh, like, it'll, it'll keep seeing. I'll keep seeing. Oh, you thought the abbreviation P.S. Was yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. So yeah. you thought I put the slughorn fic on the box. Is there a slughorn fic? Well, P.S. There is writing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only one there is. <laughs> All right, Gen 2 notes. Oh, let's see. Boy, I've been skipping around in them. Yeah, noticed that. 
Okay, how about let's just see what I what I see right in front of my face. And this is in chapter four. We're just talking about the night bus. This is my cousin Dudley, and this is Lavender Brown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so, so much. <laughs> okay, now, now, okay, now this other part. Harry immediately got his own smile upon seeing her. She had become so tall and beautiful, he thought. She was wearing a simple summer dress, blue with a fitted waist and bodice, modestly covering her knees. She ran across the grass barefoot to greet him and he ran to meet her halfway still smiling and surprised her by throwing his arms around her in a greeting hug and twirling her around while she put her arms around his neck and laughed and he put her down grinning at her she was just slightly taller than him now thinking it felt wonderful to hold her even in the moonlight he could see that Ginny's face was as red as her hair <laughs> how tall is Ginny supposed to be she's a giant haven't you heard yeah. Half of the fix I read, she's five foot one in heels, and the other, she's like a little person, and then the other half of the fix, she's 12 <laughs> feet taller than Harry. I'm always like, yeah, she's told, I think it would make sense for her not to be taller than Harry, but to be on the tall side, because isn't everyone else in her family tall? Like yes. twins and Ron and. No, the twins are short and stocky like Charlie and their mother. Bill and Ron and Percy are tall. The others are short. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I well, think the, Phelps twins, keep the Phelps twins have got it the wrong way around, yes. But, I mean, they make such a good friend, George, that I don't really care that they don't look like they're supposed to look. Yeah, I mean, but for they're the rest... only all tall in, ca- in in the movies, not in the books. Right. Well, but, and then for the rest of these chapters that we're talking about tonight, Hermione then becomes a cold, jealous bitch. And then the two of them, oh, don't they no. share a room? I was expecting in the morning one of them's poisoned. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and no, also... they're not Slytherins, Ryan. And, and, then they, and then they go into the house. They are and, girls, though. And, and all of the Weasley boys, all the Weasley boys throw a big gaping mouth. Yeah, I got <gasps> and, and it's just like, <laughs> hello, I'm Hermione's tits. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry is jealous and angry and he tries to steer the, the conversation back to him. And he's like, I'm thinking of getting a haircut. <laughs> yeah. What bothered me about this scene, though, is Bill macking on Hermione. He's the oldest, and she's not oh, even no. at this point. So what's going on? Yeah, he's completely. Ch- he's like, yeah, how are you doing? Hair out. But you know what? I the best part about Chapter Four for me was that um, this fic really is psychic because she put George with Angelina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what I got can't... out of the whole chapter. <laughs> that was the yeah. whole chapter for you. It's not that like there's a lot of options, really. Yeah, <laughs> ch- Chapter Four was kind of short, but Chapter Isn't that who Five. Took to the... Who did he take to the Yule Ball in in Canada? Angelina. Fred to Angelina. Yeah. Okay. But they swapped, and she decided she prefers George, and Fred's okay <laughs> with that. Yeah, no problem. And she can apparently tell them apart. Well, yeah, I, I never had any problem telling identical twins apart once I met them. I have to say, once you know them, you can usually tell them apart. Yeah, unless like, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. No, even no, even even if they pretended to switch, 
I, I would always be, I, like I would recognize because they're not really ever identical. They're just you know what I'm saying. And they act differently. They act. Yeah. 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 But it's even more than like even like like if you ever meet identical twins, like like you know obviously you tell that they're twins, but once you get to know them a bit, their faces even don't look the same. You know they they don't look the same exactly. I was looking at um a, a promo for that train thingy, and um James and Oliver Oliver Phelps were on it, and one of them's actually fatter than the other at the moment. Yeah, his face was a lot fatter. I can't. I don't know which one it was. I think it was James, but I can't tell them. Let's call the fat one and the skinny one. Oh, I can't do that, but I am now wikiing it. The one on the um, right of the screen in this one is actually has has a fuller face than the one on the left. So I'll ask you all a question that you can each answer yourself. If you each had to pick one character in this fic of the same gender that you had to be, which would you pick? Like, like you're going to be sucked in and you're going to become Hermione, Ginny, whoever, Cassandra, so on. Sandy oh, is a snake. A snake. I'm not going to be a snake. <laughs> Come on. But you get my point. So, like, Death Row and Ryan, you guys pick a male character, and then, like, Keza and Jen pick the female character that you think either you can pick either that's most similar to you or that you'd most enjoy being. I, I don't, don't want to be like any to... of them because they're all sitting around the Great Hall drooling over Dan Radcliffe, and I'm I'd too like... old to do that. I would like to be Dick. <laughs> you want the guy gets cru- his legs crushed? Hey, hey, I think I might like to be Aunt Petunia after all, Harry. He does desire her. <laughs> I'm Jenny. I want Jenny. I I've like always Jenny. wanted to be Jenny. That's my serious answer. I'd want to be Jenny. You know, I'm starting to think that we're going to have to call Aunt Petunia a bagel in this fic. I think we're going to have to start calling Mike a bagel in this fic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing like that. I like bagels yeah, a lot. If I'm ever going to be a character, I'd want to be Jenny because I have a secret thing where I want red hair. I think that's why I turned gay for Nicole Kidman because she has red Well, she used to have red hair. No, it has nothing to do with. Nicole Kidman having red hair, why I would go gay for her. I'm talking about why I would go gay for her. Oh. Because I have a thing for red hair. I love it. Oh. oh. Sexy. I would want to be Ginny because I think she's the sexiest. I want to be Jenny because we have the same name. What? You do not. We do too because my nickname, my dad calls me Jenny. Sounds Doesn't the same. Doesn't he call you Jenny? Doesn't he call you Jenny? Your name is Jennifer. The nickname yeah. for Jennifer is Jenny. Her name is Ginevra and it's Ginny. They're two different names. Jenny and Ginny are not the same nickname. Ugh. Oh. We call you Keza. Yeah, Wait. that's because that's my Aussie but, nickname. But but Jennifer. That, that's not your real name. But Jennifer's you her name was Keza. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of crushed right now. You thought her name was Keza? What's her real name? Oh no! <laughs> my real name is Karen. Karen. Yeah. Keza's a lot Karen. cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Mike hates your name. I don't hate your name, but if, but if I had a choice between Karen and Keza, I'd take Keza. Not Karen. Not Karen. Not Karen. Not Karen. Karen. Mike still is unimpressed with your name. Keza's like the coolest name I ever heard. Like, you know, it's like a Karen name is ancient. Keza. Karen is ancient Hebrew, dude. Thank yeah, you very Keza's much. Just cool. I mean, Keza's like, you know, one of the five coolest names you I ever heard in my life. Ben got pregnant on the bike. <laughs> Your name is Mike. It's the most common name in the world after Muhammad. That's why I appreciate Kessa. <laughs> well, I appreciate her too, whatever the hell we call her. Because she edited half of the podcast. Well, Ginevra and Jennifer are both derivatives of Guinevere. So uh, I can be Jenny if I want to be. You can do anything you want. Yeah, I just don't think they're the same name. You're a much nicer person than Guinevere too. All right, I'm just looking through my notes here at the moment. I have down that I love the part where the twins give Ron a new room. 
room was it? It wasn't the, um, the, Nimbus, the, the Nimbus 2000. But it, but the newest one is the Nimbus 3000. So they did 2003, didn't, right? Yeah, they, it it's a 3000. 3000. But they didn't they didn't spring for the brand new one because that one was on clearance. They just want to make it make it well known that they didn't go all out. They just got the Nimbus 2000 <laughs> and not the 3000 because they really, although they spent the money, they really didn't want to spend a lot of money. So they just got the clearance broom, and it's not really a big deal. And they don't have any money left for lunch. <laughs> right. Wait, in canon, does, does Harry give his Nimbus 2000 to his to Ron when he gets the firebolt? No, it gets broken oh. in the yeah. flying into the, the Whomping Willow. Hello. Well, oh. he doesn't get the firebolt, if you remember. It's a it's- gift from Sirius. I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I remember that when they go to play Quidditch, a Quidditch match, he gives... He gives uh, You're Nimbus thinking of my story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He hates you. Thinking of they shook hands. Oh. <laughs> Here's my question. I, I have. Thank you. Here. I love you. You're great. <laughs> Here's the question I have. Why is Harry, at many points in the story, talk like George Bush? What <laughs> respect. Okay, now, it's not a Northeastern thing, but, you know, like, in some parts of the country, people will use pretty followed by an adjective. For example, he's, he's pretty brave, or he's pretty fast, or he's pretty something. Pretty followed by an adjective. Pretty good. There's Sorry. that, too. But in, in some cases, for me, it sounds, it's not the way, you know, I would talk coming from Massachusetts. It just is not the local dialect. Well, it's not, it's definitely there. not an English dialect either. <laughs> Harry starts talking like it's from, I don't know, what, is it Southern? Is it? Pretty dull and too impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I don't even know where it originates from, but I know George Bush uses it frequently. So I'm not right. Well, yeah, George Bush best. is from Connecticut, so. No, the, I, the father, not the, the son. Not the, father. I, the son too was born in Connecticut. Nah, yeah. It doesn't matter. That's the question. I highlighted this one thing, I don't know, I think Harry's just. I don't know if he says it out loud or if it says it in his head. He's talking about, um, you know, how how he's going to dump Cho or why he can't go out with her. And I just laughed and laughed and laughed. Sorry, I can't go out with you because every time I see you, I suffer from crushing, paralyzing, debilitating guilt on account of it's my fault. My previous boyfriend is dead. <laughs> just made me laugh. And that's the part where Harry realizes he was saying the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud and he actually blurted it out. I say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyone ever actually done that in real? life. Yes. We read all the time in fic, but they don't ever actually sit out loud something they meant to say in their heads. Homer Simpson yeah. does it all the time. Come on. The thing that I find interesting about that, I just think it was so well written, like that particular line, and just made me laugh. But I'm thinking, he thinks about Cedric like twice in the whole <laughs> you know, he doesn't seem to be suffering from crushing debilitating guilt. <laughs> no, because it's he not at all. He bodybuilding and buying new clothing after he ne- negotiates a pay Increase with Aunt Petunia, who she doesn't <laughs> like, desire. She agrees to plow the back for the in exchange for her <laughs> like, He doesn't seem particularly guilty to me. Is it like the only time he feels guilty is when he sees Cho? So he's coming along, he's like, skipping through the days, he's twirling Ginny, rubbing sunscreen on Hermione, and everything is wonderful until he sees Cho. Oh, and it's like stops. Like, oh. everything comes screeches to a That's right. Well, the thing Chose a bitch, and Harry wants nothing to do with her. That's usually the take. It would go, and this one, Cho just sucks. She's boring as hell. She doesn't. 
dog. And oh Harry literally, God. he's around her for five minutes. I want to die. <laughs> yeah. And I love it when he's, he kisses Hermione and he gets really into her. This is great. Kissing is the best thing ever. He kisses Cho and he gets bored. <laughs> kissing her was boring. <laughs> <laughs> so he opens his eyes. Let's have a look around. What's going on? Ginny's storming off. George is back in the Donna's room. Dennis, have you seen Ginny? It was the strangest thing. She just barreled in here, grabbed a bot. I was scared for my life. I died in the last fic. <laughs> but, but I'm just like, if you're that bored with the kiss, instead of like, you know, spying on whoever else is around, just stop kissing her. But instead, no, he's like, oh no, Ginny saw me and she's upset. I must push Cho away now because that's not going to arouse her suspicion at all. Just dump her. It's that boring. Just dump her. <laughs> I don't understand. What really rang wrong about that scene for me was Ginny is in on the plan. She knows what's going on. So why is she freaking out? Well, I, I know why she's freaking out over watching Harry kissing Cho, but she just loses it. Well, it's like this by, show. What I was impressed by was Harry looked at Ginny on her broom and instantly deduced why Ginny was upset. She was over me, but maybe she was just fooling herself. Very perceptive. He knocks Cho off the bleachers and <laughs> duh, 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 like starts the broom. Usually, in most fit. Why is Ginny so upset? Oh, I wonder if it's that time of the month. Ooh, maybe she had a hard test today. Why is she glaring at every girl I talk to? I bet she needs glasses. Like, <laughs> he's a moron. <laughs> so he's like, hmm, perhaps she's jealous. Good God, she loves me. Oh. And Draco. <laughs> and Draco. Well, yeah, Draco's because... like her pet. Like, she's like, Draco, say I'm sorry. I am very sorry. <laughs> and I will never do with it. <laughs> I think it's interesting that he can deduce that Harry, Ginny is in love with him. Oh, she must love me. When every other woman in the castle, every other girl in the castle, he's just like, why are they still? Staring at me, I don't know. Have I got you know, egg on my face? You know, why are they looking at me, Hermione? Harry, it's because you're so sexy. Really? Do you think so? Do they all think that? Why are these girls looking at me? They keep looking at me. You know. Oh look, Ginny loves me. You know. <laughs> you don't know anything. Well, one of the other guys in the common room to smack him upside the head is what they have to. Do. Oh, can I just point out, is Roger Davies the head boy? Yes. He's in charge of the group of the prefects. He's the host guy. He's the number one guy there. And all he does is monologue. <laughs> Gee, Anyone that doesn't remind me of anybody I know. <laughs> no. And like Hermione, who lives for these meetings, wanted to kill herself. <laughs> Where's Gentoo? Oh, is Gentoo not here? Maybe she went to get popcorn. <laughs> Sorry, just kill this just conversation. Kill I did not go to get popcorn. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> I'm just informing PS that we're shipping PS Mike. Uh, I'm rolling my eyes. I want to know what a Ballywick is. I want to know what a Ballywick is. Because this little kid uses it. It's something and it's very amusing. And I don't... It's something about ships, isn't it? Oh, okay. Like real ships? Like sailing ships? I think so. Okay, what back in chapter... A Ballywick. Back in, right. in chapter five, oh, some Will Flitwick uses the word, and they're all impressed because an eleven-year-old is that smart. I don't know what what is he doing in Gryffindor? Wouldn't he be a Ravenclaw if he can use that kind of language, whatever it means? Is anyone else picturing Warwick Davis, but with like his hair dyed? <laughs> <completely>? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a line coming. I know it's I know it's in a future chapter, but I just love the line. There's it's during a Quidditch match that it's, someone bumps Will Flitwick and and Professor Flitwick like jumps up. That's my nephew. You told her whatever. He's like. <laughs> okay. Did anybody question this? They go to Diagon Alley with Bill, but and Hermione just Bill. and just Bill. But Hermione's supposedly been abducted, and it's a big deal, and they've had to hide her with the Dursleys. And Harry takes off to go convert and, his and, and they've And they've had to hide her parents. But they just go with Bill shopping, <laughs> and Harry takes off to go buy robes. And they just all go shopping, and, you know, nobody really knows or cares, and it's just like, oh, let's go have a nice day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what well, that like, Peter would go shopping, Jen, please. No, that was like in Power of Motion, where they're like, it's very dangerous, we can't let you into Hogsmeade, the Death Eaters are everywhere, but we feel bad that you're cooped up, so you have permission to go to the mall. What? Five minutes later, they're in the arcade behind, like, an overturned table, throwing French fries. <laughs> yeah, some sort of big confrontation or a raid or, or something always comes along with these. It's like, we, we shouldn't let you go, but eh, whatever. Make a good story. <laughs> There'll be reporters there. It'll, we'll, we'll read all about it in the Daily Prophet the next morning. It's fine. Oh, 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 quote, quote, quote time. Quote okay. time. Then he felt Malfoy's eyes on his arms. Harry was wearing yet another black sleeveless t-shirt. Sandy curled around his left upper arm. What? Sorry, I've got Malfoy's eyeballs sitting on his arm. Like, Malfoy's like leaning right up to him. I just need to put my eyeballs on your forearms. You can feel them. They're all slimy. You know. What have you been doing? Lifting weights or something? Because <laughs> I, because Malfoy would know what those are. Right, of course he would. Because <laughs> he's got a whole Nautilus room. He does, and they shook hands. I was going to say, they shook hands. What does Malfoy do? He weight lifts all the time. <laughs> that's, that's so muggle. <sighs> Sign from Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you said. There's like five chapters and they shook hands about the Malfoys. <laughs> yeah, and I bring it into year four, too. I'm sorry. It works. It's like a date rape scene. Well, it, it, well, it, well it's, your, it's your plot device. I'm not snarking you. I'm just saying. You know, I would think that they well, have some mag- magical way to, you know, have muscle resistance or whatever so that they could get themselves buff or take some the potions. The I've worked it out, instead of having a whole big series of progressively larger weights, you just tap it with your wand and it gets heavy. That well, makes sense. I could, just can't see Malfoy going, what have you been doing? Lifting weights or something? Yeah, <laughs> just, I just can't see Malfoy lifting weights. Well, I can't see. I can't see him saying it because then you have the scene later on where where um, they're in the bathroom. Because this is one of the things where it's da 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 da. You see Harry and everyone chasing after him. As he runs around the lake in the morning, and he and Hermione have, are doing thousands of push-ups or whatever. And Draco wanders by with like twenty-seven Slytherins armed to the teeth, but it's not going to be combat. Everything's fine. And Harry's like, "Well, you know, I'm going on a date with Cho Chang," and and Malfoy is speechless and. He's paler than he's ever been, and his lips were a straight line like McGonagall's. <laughs> so and he's like, Dumbledore and McGonagall now. And he's just like, but she's a sixth year. Like, he's never heard of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what, about, what about when she was a fifth year and he was a fourth year? Yeah, but then there's but then there's the whole Harry Malfoy thing. You know, they go into the prefect's bathroom after Harry goes running. 
sharing the tub. <laughs> He's in the tub, and Harry takes a shower, and then he goes and he gets into that crate or tub or wardrobe or whatever the hell it is, and he gets himself out a nice fluffy bathrobe and some shower shoes. He just, just walked it. naked across from the shower too. <laughs> yeah, but then he just walks out into the hallway and tromps up a couple floors <laughs> in, in his bathrobe because you can see that happening, right? The standard <laughs> shower, shower shoes. Well, Draco's in the tub reading Cosmo. You're turning this into a slash fic. <laughs> they're, We're not they're doing anything. <laughs> All the women are like, oh In my, my head, it's turning into a slash fic, you know, where Harry and Draco secretly meet each other in the prefix bathroom. <laughs> well, no, I just buy each other off. <laughs> well, no, this is the whole, just the whole idea of, of Harry, you know, getting that big fluffy bathrobe out and then walking out into the hallway where people actually are. And well, then he get his a- hair cut while he's wearing the bathrobe? Yeah, yes. he, wa- he walks back into the, he crawls through the portrait hole. <laughs> he's like na- a spa. <laughs> naked <laughs> under the bathrobe. He's, and then he sits just down sit in the down. common room. Yeah, and cut my head. Parvati, body. Yeah, Parvati cuts his hair. It makes him look and like And then he apologizes <laughs> like really bad. Sorry, I was such a bad date. You know, naked under the bathrobe. That's what I want to know. His sensitivity comes out of nowhere. Like, this is going back a few chapters, but sitting by the pool, Harry approaches Hermione to ask if she wants to talk about it. Completely false to me. (laughs) I just, Harry is so Rico. Harry doesn't talk about anything. (laughs) (sighs) It's just random as Neville reading King Lear. Yeah. Oh, and there's that whole thing about Harry thinking, oh, it's a nice choice that we have to get this book because there's a lot of great muggle literature in there and it'll be nice reading for later. <laughs> Harry doesn't read anything. <laughs> that, maybe, huh? Or Harry saying, I have a brilliant idea. Hear me out. I'm going to ace all of my classes. Oh. Like, I refuse to study ever. <laughs> oh, I'm going to live in the potions dungeon. I'm never going to be treated like that in Portions again, yeah, That's because be he's his gonna cover for his secret relationship with Draco. Yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna live in that potions dungeon, and you know Snape's just gonna put up with it. <laughs> I can't oh. see him doing that just to piss off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Sorry, I didn't you know mean to ruin your day or anything. I'm just gonna hang out here and try to get better in my potions. <laughs> I just I don't see it. Look, you can do that. Just go. That's fine, Potter. Carry on. <laughs> because what does Ginny do when she's upset after seeing Hermione kissing Cho? She runs, gets her potions gear, and runs down to the lab. Because so she, thinks that lab she, is- might, she thinks that she might be able to steal Draco away from Harry. No, she's making, she's, making a love, she's making a love potion. She's doing. Uh, you would think, though, that Draco would be happy that Harry's dating Cho because it frees Ginny up for him. I thought he wanted Hermione. No, Draco wants Ginny. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He wants Tits Granger. No, that, that's why the, that's why like Ginny's constantly treating him like a whip puppy, and she's like, you know, Draco, apologize. Draco, do this. Draco, follow me around. 
do you want a woman who treats you like that? Well, no, but the implication is why does he put up with it? It's because he wants her. Because no, he's a masochist. Wait, you're telling me you think Draco has a thing for Hermione, but not for Ginny in this fic. You're telling us that Harry has a thing for Petunia. And you're wait, wait. Telling us, like, <laughs> totally no, a platonic thing. So he has platonic feelings for no, no, wait, no, but seriously, Keza, you're saying you think in this fic that Draco has a thing for Hermione, but not a thing for Ginny. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I'm not saying anything. You think Harry has a thing for Aunt Petunia. <laughs> no, I don't. <sighs> I think my very serious, <laughs> no, deep point and ridicule. I was talking about his deep psychological problems, and now look what it's been. All right. Yeah. So you think, you Having think a thing that... for Aunt Petunia is a deep psychological problem. <laughs> <laughs> I agree okay. with that. Um, okay, so you're saying that Draco has a thing for Ginny, and that's why he hangs around her even Yeah, he has no thing for Hermione. It's... He has a thing for Ginny. Right. I think he might be physically attracted to Hermione, but I don't necessarily think we've been given enough to say that it goes beyond. No, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, Mike, I'm keeping it up. I'm just raving on because I don't think we have. He, he's physically attracted to Hermione like the rest of the boys at Hotworks. Hot, oh, yeah, sure. But, but the one he wants to be with is Ginny. Yeah, but only because she's a pure blood, probably. I don't know. I don't think it's more. I think it's more than that. I think. I think at this point, you know, whatever Ginny told them, he'd do. Malfoy like, you know. hates the Weasleys. Malfoy hates the Weasleys. Why does he suddenly have a thing for Ginny? Well, he hates Ron. I think in Malfoy's twisted worldview, what could be more perfect revenge than getting the little sister of his most hated enemy to fall in love with him? But I don't think he's yes, thinking of think- it like that. This Malfoy's not your Malfoy, definitely. This Malfoy's like, he's like a witch Malfoy. <laughs> Okay, but see, this is one of the things. In all seriousness, this is one thing that I. Uh, this is one of the things that I really hate about the Draco Ginny sh- when fanfics try to seriously do it. Because no, I don't think Malfoy just hates Ron. So you're coming from the perspective where you think Ron's been mean to Malfoy, and that's why they don't get along. Oh but no, I, I think there's way, way more to it than that. Yeah, well, that's what Mike was saying the other week. But what I think is oh. Malfoy and his family look down their nose at the Weasleys. I cannot see Ginny Weasley being good enough for. Draco Malfoy. She's not good enough. She's barely pure blood. She's a blood traitor. And uh, to sh- suddenly ship them. Well, the issue to of me, a blood traitor just, is a question of decision on the part of the individual. Yeah, but I, not, I, I that's not say. the way the Malfoys look at it. They're a blood if, traitor if family. If to reject her family, I don't think she would be thought of as a blood traitor. Yeah, I agree. Just like, you know, like, 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 the, like mm-hmm. Bellatrix isn't a blood traitor because, or her sister's not a blood traitor because their sister is, right? But their sister, Tonks' mother, is a blood traitor, but it doesn't reflect the rest of the family. Yeah. Yeah, but the Weasleys, I think it does. Because well, I only think because they're all the together. All I think it's because the of their attitude, the attitude that they have toward yeah, muggles. Arthur it, works in the, the muggle office thing and all right, that. But Death Row's right that if they rejected that, I don't think, that, like, for, it's Percy, I don't think would be considered a blood traitor. No, the, the, the Death Eaters have ne- never in canon open welcome Percy with open arms. In a lot of fanfics, he goes over to the Death Eaters. We don't really see him, but Arthur doesn't like Percy. Yeah, yeah that's but I don't think like I don't think like the Death Eaters would call him a blood traitor in Book Seven, for instance, at the start of Book Seven. I don't think they. Well, do. they, they don't call him anything but Weatherby because they can't remember his name. They don't even remember he's a Weasley, so they wouldn't recognize. That could work it. to his advantage, actually. It's that's probably the only reason he's still alive is because <laughs> no one could remember that he was a Weasley. <laughs> well, but it's I kind just, of hard to mistake. Look at him. Adam, all that red hair. Yeah, well, maybe. 
I don't, I mean, but, but I, I don't know. Be- I just do not think that Draco Malfoy would consider Ginny Weasley worth his time unless she had something specific to offer him. Like the Draco that's chasing Ginny in Lavender Brown, I, I can buy that because she's got all those superpowers that he wants to, her to use on him. I can't see Draco going after Ginny because he likes Ginny because she's on the wrong side. So you're, but then you're implying. Oh, I, I guess I, I agree with you in an abstract sense, but I think part. I'm not a big Draco Ginny shipper, but I think part of what maybe attracts people to them is that precise thing. It's kind of like you know the cliche great you know love conquers everything. You know, there's no it's way. It's Danny and Sandy. Covered. It is. It's Danny and Sandy. There you go. That makes sense. It's Mike, the, that was it's, the movie with all the famous people in it. It's it's, many it's, like, it's it's the it's the the old thing. It's the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. They can't. Have each other. It's Twilight. It's every fic and story and thing with Jane Eyre. You know, yeah, he's a bad and she's Wuthering Heights. Has, yeah, it's Wuthering Heights. It's. I want to see every Jane Austen book ever written. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Yep. I've worked it out. Now I understand. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Glad to help. Huh? Glad to Glad, help. Glad to help. Are these a back to hell? <laughs> <laughs> Back to hell, but Ginny loves Draco. <laughs> well, I would go with you know Petunia more, but whatever. <laughs> so I totally, I totally made like, dirty. Draco loves Petunia now. Interesting. <laughs> I thought I wrote so a in you. This thick, in this thick, no, in this thick thick, I think you're probably right. I think Draco's, you know, testing. I don't buy that he would ever want Ginny. I don't, I don't buy it. But I think in this thick, yeah, I mean, he finds Hermione attractive, but it, it is possible that he has feelings for Ginny. I, th- I think that it's just with Hermione, he's just a, a boy and he has hormones and Hermione makes the hormones work. Yeah. Oh, you know, every, I can't every, back to Can you massage some oil in? Yeah. Every, se- <laughs> every seven seconds, you know, Hermione does that for Harry every seven seconds. <laughs> yes. And then some other girl touches his arm and it feels tingly and he forgets all about Hermione and stares at the new girl's enormous eyes in her claws. <laughs> yeah, because it's been, it's been seven more seconds and he's forgotten about Hermione and he's moved on. <laughs> yeah. Is there, any, is there anyone ugly at Hogwarts? Oh, Crab Mel- and Yeah. Crab Mel- and Goyle and little Wilhelmina Crab, who is the fattest 11-year-old <laughs> Harry's ever seen, which I found interesting considering that Dudley was his cousin. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Just like, how could Will, how fat must Wilhelmina Crab be? <laughs> uh, he promises to write to Dudley, he sends a picture. Yeah. <laughs> this is your perfect match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apart yeah. from the fact that she's a witch. The younger <laughs> woman. That's okay, because she's not a witch with a B in front of it, like some people. Hold on, Mike. Did you think that Wilhelmina Crab was the younger woman reference in the prophecy? No, there's no younger woman reference. Oh, thank God, because it would have been her. <laughs> Ginny is a younger woman, I suppose, but yeah. And the older woman is Petunia. But not in a romantic... You see, you totally missed my point. I, my point was... <laughs> what that do it you was think a- of AIDS, Mike? <laughs> not a romantic sense. It, it's, it's a play. Yes, Harry it is! Automat- right, Mike, uh-oh. let me ask you this. The next time I'm short a podcaster, do you want me to send you a message on Skype? Mike, I desire you. <laughs> That's not what it said, though. Yes, it you desires- does! It, it doesn't. Does, it does. doesn't say it that. Does. Let, 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 talking about familial 
love. It is not talking about respect. It is not it's, talking about esteem. It is talking about desire. It's when you you look down at your crotch and go, what is happening to me? That is desire. <laughs> it's not what it was referring to is my point. Yes, my it point is. is <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who's right here, Keza. Yeah. Mike, I can't hear you. The one that now bores him silly when he kisses her that he has to watch Ginny fly around the pitch. The show sucks that she has a pocket protector. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think she's got drool dripping down sideways. Because seriously, that is who I first thought of, not Aunt Petunia. I'm thinking, hmm, older woman, he desired her, he doesn't anymore. Because what was it that he's been saying? Oh, sorry, I can't go out with you because every time I see you, I suffer from crushing, paralyzing, debilitating guilt on account of it's my fault your previous boyfriend is dead. (laughs) Hmm, That sounds like someone he no longer desires. Someone that he wanted since book three, someone who is older than him. Come on, he doesn't desire Art Junior. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't desire either of them. My point being... Okay, well, Mike, let me ask you, let's assume that it is Petunia. Why is there guilt associated with it? It, 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 It's in the past. It's all about when he was a child and he wanted her to be his mother and he wanted to be able to love her like like he imagined he would love Lily. And he always felt guilty. It says right in canon that he always felt guilty that he couldn't be good enough for them to earn their love when he was younger and then he loses that he grows out of it and he no longer has those feelings that's a stretch it is but i see where he he's coming from on that and as long as we don't twist the word desire then i think he's valid twist it around to its real meaning (laughs) well you know desire for her to love him the desire is mentioned but what sort of desire it is is not it was a so desire he desires the woman. But he, here's why I don't think it was Cho. Because it says... Which chapter is what, it in again? Give me the chapter with it in. Chapter eight. eight? eight. He, here's why eight. I don't think Let it's Cho. Let me just say. Yeah. Because when when tr- when the, the prophecy woman, whatever her name is, Trelawney... Trelawney? Trelawney? Do you need name tags? <laughs> prophecy woman. <laughs> that newspaper woman. <laughs> you know how you were going on about Cassandra being like the prophecy person and that's why the snake and blah, 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 blah. blah. Do you yeah. understand the meaning of... of the name Sybil? Yes. It's a title in a way, but yes, I understand it. It's her first name. Sybil yeah, Trelawney. Sybil. Associated yeah, and I, and with mythical what, Greek goddesses who predict the future. Yes, there was also a title for the priestess. But, but well, that's not important. My, my point being... You can't the reason, remember her name. Is my point. Oh, come my point on. Is the reason name. I don't think it's Cho... <laughs> very, it's very symbolic. The reason I don't think it's Cho is because when she says that prophecy to him, he specifically thinks in the text Oh, that must be Cho. He says that in the text right after she says the prophecy pet. So you're saying that you understand Harry better than Harry does. Harry. Yeah, I'm saying it would be too obvious a ploy for her to guess every for Harry to guess everything in the prophecy right. Otherwise, why do you have a prophecy? He has this to be wrong fit. about something. This is a fit where Hermione's a Greek goddess. And Harry can talk to snakes. Why can't it be obvious? Well, because literally, like after she says where every is part it? of the prophecy, I can't find it. Jomas never lights a black candle. There are three women in your life. Okay, it says, one is an older woman, but there is much guilt in that, which Harry has already... I feel crushing, debilitating guilt whenever I think of your former boyfriend who's dead because of me. Sob. One is an older woman, but there is much guilt in that. You just desired her. 
It doesn't say her love. It doesn't say her to treat you like a son that she never had. It says right. desired her. And Maybe when you desire right. her, when you desire her, you want to touch her boobies. That is Maybe what it means. it's Cho, but I think that's very obvious if it's Cho. Maybe it's someone we haven't met yet when he goes back in time. To me, Maybe. Tom Riddle. May, may, maybe. Let, let's, when, when he gets in the DeLorean, we'll find it out, Mike. I think you're right. Yeah. But Moody is fantastic in this movie. Caps Lock Moody, it's great. I love Moody. Yeah. I love his bit where he goes like, a, if any of you think you know me because you had me as a teacher last year, you're wrong. <laughs> Which is a good point. Like, you know, all these, I think this in canon all the time, like all these students who think they know him and like they know his personality, like you never met the man. I thought it was an interesting take on his um class though instead of just another fic of teaching you know here's all the spells you're gonna learn this year he teaches it like i didn't you take your headset off count to 30 put it back on i don't want to spoil it sure go for it and then no they would be like learn these spells now but from the perspective <laughs> of the storyline it's it's different it's kind of refreshing i do like that it's definitely good oh uh, that that's um that's like italicized words for me i kind of ended up skimming over it a bit and he <laughs> It's like he, he likes to give this, you know, like a little history lesson and he barks at all the muggles, you know, and, and I've seen it before. It's like, you, you, you're muggle-born, you'll do. What do the muggles do to each other, you know? You tell us all the way that muggles are bad and wrong and evil. I'm like, are you actually a Death Eater? <laughs> you know, and Hermione and Dean Harry are listing off all these ways that muggles are terrible. And I'm like, you're turning them into Death Eaters! <laughs> Well, what I liked in the class was that Neville was the only one who had any balls to raise his hand. <laughs> no, Moody doesn't. And Hermione's never raising her hand in class again, apparently. And Moody threatens to turn them all into newts, which is a wonderful Monty Python reference. And I know it's a Monty Python reference because later on he shouts, Joke! Which is another reference to a scene. The guy's making all sorts of horrible statements and he just holds up this card for the audience to read that says, Joke. That's... Will it drive lying around the bed? Yes, the joke card is from the television show. Oh, I didn't know there was a television show. Okay, we're going to have to talk about this later. Yeah, we'll have to have a little conversation about that. <laughs> Intervention. <laughs> See, the even movie. I knew there was a television show, and I've never seen any of it. Hey, at least I saw the movie, so. Yeah, well, I haven't seen Blues Brothers. So. Oh, Jen, Jen, go tell Ketsu to see it. If she was here... Do you think that just because someone tells me to do something that I go and do it straight away? Probably. Well, not if I told you podcasting. Well, that's how I got Gen 2 to watch Galactica. Have I watched Battlestar Galactica yet, Ryan? I think there was some issue getting the DVDs in your region, though, wasn't there? No, that I couldn't get DS9. No, they just went in the shops. I can get them. I can get them, but I'd have to order them and stuff, and I don't have any money because we're poor, and I have to pay the gas man. You know the other bit that I like? You know Harry's going to become an animagus, which I think is a, a fantastic cliche. I like that. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> a lion. <laughs> you know when he does the practice, it's like, oh, I can, you know, because I like bad haircuts, I can become an animagus. Woohoo! And he's like, oh, maybe I can try that with shaving so I don't cut myself and have to eat, you know, bloody toilet paper, bacon, like Uncle Vernon. Oh, it's fantastic, this, this like, morphy thing that he has going on. But, like, so he's in there and he's training and he's trying it out and he grows his fingernails. And all I can picture is Grandma from Coven of Echoes. Yes. Because <laughs> he's got these horrible, like, long fingernails. Near the end of the chapters tonight, he was play- he was doing his Animagus training, and he was practicing making his feet bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller. I'm like, big hands, big feet. Mm. <laughs> Banana well, glass. That's a very interesting application of the power, if you consider it. <laughs> he could make that bit longer. 
Exactly. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's why he's so popular with all the girls. We need no bananas. We need no bananas today. I'm in the mood for grapes. Mike, 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 Mike. Speaking of Malfoy, which I was speaking about half an hour ago when I was saying he's not Ginny's perfect match. Um, he, <laughs> the character of Malfoy, Malfoy's characterization disturbs me. I've explained why. But the other thing that disturbs me in this fic is that he's very helpful to Neville. Now, we're talking about the kid who steals Neville's present from his grandmother Three and years taunts ago. him with it. He hasn't changed. This is the kid who made Hermione's teeth grow. Why is he suddenly helpful to Neville? Because he has changed in this fic. Well, because he wants to get in Hermione's pants. Ginny's pants. He's calling Hermione a mudblood until Ginny goes, No, Draco, don't call him that. And don't you dare say that word ever again. (laughs) You know I don't like that word. You know I don't like that. Oh, sorry. but when did he and Ginny become such good friends that he That's what know? I wanted to know. Like, this, he and Ginny are suddenly really best mates. I don't like, left field, and it felt very forced and unnatural to me. I don't the mind thing, a parent, but I like a backstory to go with it. Well, see, Ginny's out of character to me as well. I mean, okay, maybe this is just me, but Harry gets his all his birthday presents. You know, he retrieves them from cowering Dudley, you know, because he's been assaulted by all the owls. Gets his present, opens his fudge and his cake and, you know, whatever, the books and, and all the crap. And then he opens the one from Ginny that says, love Ginny. And Dudley teases him about it and it's like, oh, ha very funny. And then he pulls out a little necklace. Because Harry wears jewelry. And, All the time. And it has a basilisk on it. Mm-hmm. Because, because basilisks are a very popular jewelry item this season. Well, what can I say? The thing is, he makes a comment later that he doesn't show it to Hermione because Hermione wouldn't wouldn't know about how important basilisks are. Because no, of course not. Hermione never had anything him. to do with the basilisk. Well, see, because they, Hermione was petrified by the basilisk, right? So she feels bad about basilisks. She doesn't want anything to do with basilisks because they're bad memories for Hermione. <laughs> but for Ginny and Harry, it's a soul-bonding experience because Ginny isn't at all traumatised by the idea that she set the basilisk on Hermione Heterosexual and same-sex variety. You will also be getting a crash course in Irish politics. His birthday. Hmm. I know. Let's buy a basilisk. The thing he had to come and rescue me from. He slayed them on. And my fault. Yay! Like I just don't think Ginny would do that. And yet, it's like she's giving hanging- someone a bone marrow transplant and then giving them like you know a bone marrow keepsake ornament. Like way to bring it up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Or it's like getting mugged, and every year you go back to the site where you got mugged just to see if it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I keep mind with this Ginny is that this Ginny is not sort of the. I don't think of her as sort of like the um, the Order of the Phoenix, uh, Half Blood Prince kind of outgoing. I'm not even talking about Order of the Phoenix, Half Blood Prince Ginny. I'm talking about the Ginny who, after Chamber of Secrets, never, ever, 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 ever mentions it again to Harry. Until book five, actually, yeah. That's what I mean. And I just, I don't see how Hermione would be so traumatized by Basilisk that he can't show her this necklace that he's wearing, (laughs) right? Because she was petrified, and yet it's not traumatic to Ginny. It should be more traumatic to Ginny. Hermione was petrified. What the author's trying, I agree with you, but I think what the author's trying to say is kind of like Ginny's memory of the Basilisk is Harry stepping in like a hero from a storybook and cutting off its head to rescue her. I bet Ginny's Patronus in this story is Harry with a sword, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would agree. I can't actually remember if we know. I'm just it's something <laughs> like yeah. This is the the Ginny that sits at Harry's feet and gazes up at him adoringly into his old green sparkling orbs. 
wearing her blue stuff dress to her knees while they sit in a field of date. to the ground, grabs a pot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know which chapter it's in, but I marked it and put it down in my notes. There's this quote that I marked down. Ron looked as though he had thought this was some kind of double entendre, which maybe it was, thought Harry. Like what? He wanted to know. I don't think Ron even knows what a double entendre is, let alone Harry. (laughs) I I mean, that whole sentence just lost me because they would just get lost in the first entendre. (laughs) Yes. Would you like me to write you a check? Now I feel bad. Hang on. How come? You know, I'm having like a WTF moment. I'm just like double entendre. It just, it's like an Harry got dressed. Harry put on a black t-shirt. And then there's this like, this was some kind of double entendre. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Fleur taught them what it was when she was here for the Triwizard Tournament. Well, maybe she did. I don't know. That one was mm. tough on you. See, I think, I think that they could use and work with double entendres. I just don't think that they would name them that at right. this point in time. Right, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a good point to make because I think you're right. I think you hit it on the head. Oh, and then the girls. Okay, they're all nuts over Harry. They're all just freaking out. They're nuts over Harry. He's got his hair cut. They, they all don't know what to do. I mean, it's like they're, they're keening and they're swooning. I mean, and it's is like a haircut a, that big of a deal? Like you as girls tell me, is a haircut like the biggest thing in terms no, of? No, it's like an old Elvis concert and they're like girls are like, <laughs> they're swooning and like fainting. You know, it's like, oh, here he and, you know, yeah, and, and, then, and then he goes and he cast, they have that meeting. Was Alicia keeps him afterwards? <laughs> and, then he, and then he like falls over that chair. He's like thinking he's going to be all cool. He's like leaning back in the chair and, you know, acting all Danny from, you know, Greece. He's like being all, you know, suave. <laughs> Leaning back on the two legs of the chair, and he like totally bails. I've done that. That happened to me I've too. Done that in class. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried to act so cool, and I've fallen back. My little legs are up in the air, and I actually will yell out, I'm okay. <laughs> I've done that very and then all the girls come swooshing back in. <gasps> Let's stop you. Ah. Feeling um, Sandy on Harry's arm for the first time. He's like, and I know that some of them weren't grabbing Sandy. They were grabbing my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't let go. <laughs> uh, don't strangle Sandy either, Cassandra. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. I, when did McGonagall start drinking heavily? <laughs> because she writes in Harry's letter, this is a responsibility that I know you will not take lightly as your record speaks for itself. <laughs> you will be responsible for other students' conduct. Professors are not present, and you will be expected to uphold all school rules and regulations to the letter. She's clearly been at the medicinal potions again. <laughs> Look at his record. He outs the rules. That sounds like Harry. Yeah. Unlike in the canon where they give it to Ron. Right. <laughs> or Malfoy for that matter. <laughs> Yeah, I but that's because Harry Seamus didn't need the that and had so many things on his plate. <laughs> See, I think it should have been Neville. Anyway. What about if Neville had been the prefect in Order that's of the Phoenix? I remember the thick ones where Neville was a prefect and he was a hard ass. Like, he was a jacket. <laughs> he made everyone go to bed at, like, seven. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, did spot checks to make sure you were in bed. It was awful. I remember that. I'm like, why is Neville such a jackass? I was talking yeah. with Hufflepuff Dad that apparently prefects are real things, and he was a prefect. And I'm sorry, like, not that I went to, I didn't, I didn't go to a bad school, but if any kid tried to tattle on us to the teachers, 
and be like, he broke the rules by smoking within 20 feet of the building. You know, that kid would be in some serious trouble the next day after school. Is it like you'd find him dangling from his feet somewhere. So you would beat up the prefect. If, and we'd beat up anyone who did that. I mean, not that we were a violent or click school or anything like that, but you know, you know, there's rules, you know. You know, you don't cheat with your best friend's girl, you don't tattle to the teachers, that kind of thing. No snitching. Yeah, no snitching, yeah. exactly. Yeah, snitching, no ratting. Snitching. No rats. Oh, here's a question, by the way, back to the thick. If all snakes, and this just occurred to me as we were talking, if all snakes can see into the future, and it's based on how big they are, then what does, how far does Voldemort's snake see into the future? Uh, probably several months, if not longer. Probably. That has to be like yeah. a, a huge major advantage, right? I mean, that has to factor into this fig at some point. Well, the thing that cracks me up is the, is the level of disconnect between um, what Sandy is able to prophesize, you know, at certain points in the story. At some points, you know, Sandy is saying things that are very, very, very clear. In other points, it's so incredibly cryptic, there's no way you can figure out what Sandy is saying in the time of Law, that it just mm. well, with, with Voldemort to have a month to figure it out too. Yeah, and I think it will come up as a point because it it was mentioned in the text of the story. The fish is wet. The fish is wet. The fish is wet. On the continuing subject of snakes, uh, I think it's very cool that this whole idea of Harry speaking parcel tongue and speaking to snakes and having a snake as a pet is a good thing. Life partner. I'm I'm kind of disappointed that it wasn't explored at all in the canon, but apparently snake magic is pretty popular because Sirius is a criminal on the run, and he managed to find a copy of Serpent Spells for Dummies (laughs) Harry in time for his birthday. He bought it off Amazon.com and shipped it. And what is up with the, everyone encouraging Harry's sudden interest in snakely things? He wants to learn magic, and they send him books, and Harry, uh, sorry, Sirius tells everybody else, and they send him jewelry and belt buckles. And if I were his friend, I would be sitting him down for a long conversation. I'm Maybe like, look at that guy, Ron. Ron sends Harry a belt with snakes on it. I'm just like, that is not something that Ron would send. <laughs> no, he would send it, he would send him something from Chudley Cannons. Yeah. It would be orange. Yeah, if he was gonna send an animal, he'd send a Gryffindor lion. Ron loathes and detests Slytherins and snakes in general. I just cannot see it. True. And then I love, but the you know the bit I like where he's got Sandy in his arm and he meets up with Malfoy and Malfoy's like, "What is that?" And he's like, "It's a snake." You don't know. You don't. <laughs> it's the symbol of your house. You should know this. <laughs> I love that bit. Let me just say, so I'm think... very ashamed of Draco in that moment. I love there's some of the dialogue in it because I think Harry comes out with some fantastic lines like. It's great. Because I always oh. think Harry's very witty, and I think very few authors write him as witty as J.K.R. actually did. They sort of overlook witty Harry. Yeah. Well, this author, so- I found him. Okay, I'm thinking about Sandy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's in the garden, and he's puttering around, he's doing the landscaping, and he finds this little snake. And we all think mm-hmm. it's a little snake, right? Right. In your head, when you think, you know, he found the little snake, how little do you think the little snake is? Well, she can wrap around his arm several times. Yeah, she wraps uh, around, what, three times in total, I think. <laughs> That's not a little snake. <laughs> That's no, quite no. long, really. That's not a little That's... snake. I mean, I'm picturing a foot-long snake here, you know, a $5 foot-long snake. Maybe no. that's why everyone screams. Entirely possible. A 12-inch snake is not going to go around his arm three times. <laughs> no, and the, bigger, the longer it is, the fatter that snakes usually get. It's not going to be a little skinny one. 
going to oh. actually be quite that. Because actually, I pictured in my head when he found the little snake, I'm thinking of some like little garden garter snake, 12 inch <laughs> little, you know, like. Me too. You know, thin. It's like a rainforest in between your Dursley's backyard. There's like three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then if you think about a snake that can go all the way around his arm three times, like one of those, you know, like, like Egyptian arm band thingies. Yeah, yeah. And he's a bodybuilder, so his arm is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like a four, three or four Voldemort foot. Snake. It's like a, well, I, we used to have a ball python. You know, it's it's a nice sized snake. You know, it's not, it's not those snakes. I know in chapters ahead, Harry will leave um, Sandy by the, what, by the fireplace at night. Is that true? Well, he leaves her under bushes when he goes and trains. Well, hide under his shirt, too. Yeah, in future chapters, I think he leaves her by the fire. Because he likes fire. Or am I no, I might be confusing Sandy with Sal. <laughs> I think you are. Sal's the one that am likes I? fire. I like none other, yeah. Okay. Because I, I was thinking about it, I'm like, but that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah, Sal's the one that always goes into the fire. We're, we're losing her. Hello. Hello. I was saying I was thinking that he left Sandy by the fireplace as well. So obviously I'm mixing it up as well. If that's not what happened. No. Is he it, does. No, I'm sure it, no. he does. No, it is here because it's in the Gryffindor common room. Because in um in a year like now he doesn't live in Gryffindor. No, because he leaves Sandy by the fireplace. In future chapters. And all I could picture was you know Harry comes downstairs in the morning and McGonagall has the guy from Terminex outside spraying. Because <laughs> the there's a six foot snake laying on the hearth. Yeah, because. Technically, she's an illegal pet. She is. Read the Hogwarts Charter. You're only allowed uh, toads, cats, and owls. So I want to know how Rod reads Scabbers. This bugs the heck out of me. I want to know how Scabbers is allowed on the ground. He's grandfathered in because he's he's 18 years old and he was there before the rule change. Yeah, that's probably what it is. That he's you know he was he's a snake for multiple generations of Weasley, so he's grandfathered in. It's a snake. Snake. I mean, he did rat. He's Percy's rat. He's 12 years old. <laughs> He's not a multiple generations. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew. PP to some. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every multiple generations of the brothers. Like, like wasn't he like, you know, like uh, twins rat, the Percy's rat? Uh, he was just Percy's. And Percy got Hermes when he made Prefect. Maybe well, this I mean, is why Mike thinks it's Aunt Petunia, because he thinks that people are in different generations than they really are. When does he think that the rule changed? This is Hogwarts. Well, well, then you explain. The only explanation I can come up to with on how why rats yes. aren't specifically not allowed in the Charter, but yet there is a pet rat, is that he was grandfathered in because he's been around for 12 years. And you yeah, know, I think she- J.K.R. just didn't do the maths. Like, she can't do maths like me. <sighs> we all and know she forgot she can't to write rat in Harry's letter. And you know for Just sure, forgot. for sure, for positive, that you've read the Hogwarts school charter and it says absolutely positive for sure that it's only owls, no, cats. Well, no, well, what I'm referring to is the letter he gets in yeah, the, the very beginning that says first year students may bring an owl, a cat, or a toad. It says first year students may uh-huh. bring. But, but Ron's a first year student when he brings scabbers. He is. It bugs me that Ron brings a rat. Well, I'm going to say that. The Weasley family—they had a rat. He brought a rat. They're Weasleys. Yeah, I mean, I don't—I I don't think it matters. No one ever tells him off for having a rat. I just find it very frustrating that they're allowed <laughs> to have an owl, a cat, and a toad. And Harry has an owl, and Hermione has a cat, and Neville has a toad, and Ron brings a rat. I'm like. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's just like you know, Ron, it's just like Ron having secondhand robes. He's got a rat. <laughs> and rat. Some rats are cool. What about those dancing rats that he almost bought? Yeah, he couldn't. You know, he couldn't really afford to have the proper pet, so he had to bring a rat. But you, know, you see, but there are yeah. some rats that are really expensive. Because remember, they go to the store and they see like the super cool but rats. Like I would like that. Expensive. Not about how expensive the rat is. <laughs> no, I was just trying to. I was just trying to make up. <sighs> I think but, the best know, explanation well, is the rule is less than twelve years old, and Scabbers got grandfathered into it. So, no, no I, th- I think it, I think it's Mike just that it's making for, up rules. Yes, up I think rules. I think it's, it's no Hogwarts Charter. You're raving on about <laughs> grandfather rats, and you're talking about you know the twelve year rule. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm thinking that it's because the letter said first years may bring a cat, an owl, or a toad. And that's what Ron. the Weasleys had to give to Ron for him to bring to school as a pet. So he brought a rat. It's just like when you go to college or uni for Keza. If you go to a very large university here in the States, when you're a freshman, you're not taking your car. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get a parking space. And usually freshmen aren't allowed a parking permit anyway. So it's just like that. So you're not going to be able to have a rat or a dog or a pigeon or, you know, a house elf or, you know, whatever it is that you want for your pet until you're... A house elf? Oh, I just threw that in. Um, <laughs> Great Dobby. You're my new life companion. <laughs> you're not- uh, see, because this, I've never been in a boarding situation, so this is all new and interesting to me because here, if you're in first year at uni, you live at home... Yeah, we'll never know what happened. Well, here... Uh, what's interesting here is it's illegal to live at home for your first two years. Illegal? As in, like, they won't illegal. let you go... Illegal! It's like, kissing is illegal. How no, is it illegal? As, as in, they won't let you attend the school unless you live on the campus. Well, it's not you, illegal you everywhere. I'm talking Are you about serious? This. Yeah, that's definitely the minority. Nope. Yeah, that's it, not that way everywhere. It's in New York schools, at least. Cause I, cause I know both, know that's the policy of both... Not, not only is it the policy of the school I go to and the school... I went to before international uh-huh. city city codes for calling Australia, and that was the rule in all of them, that you had. To, some of them were just first year, and some were the first two years that you had to live on campus, and you had no well, option. In them. Well, where I went, it was you had to you had to live on campus, but that was if you were a minor. No, this is just. I, I think these days. So it's not necessarily two years, but I think most schools um, these days have the rule that at least for the first year, you have to live on campus because the big thing is it's part of the college experience and you have to get out of your home and you have to absorb it, all the lifestyle and all well, that. Yeah, I never see, when you go to uni here, there, I don't know of any unis that actually have living quarters. Actually, there's three universities in my hometown. You don't live on campus here. Well, I'd be so out of work me, very like, fast. Yeah, you just don't you don't do that. So for me, the idea that when you're a freshman in college, you get this many privileges and not that many it's over my head. So that's why I didn't get what Gen Two was saying about the rat. So so what you're saying is that as you go up in the school, you get more privileges. Like yeah. it's like the first years can't bring their own brooms thing. Right. So a first right. you can bring these three animals. By the time you're a second year, you can bring a broom and you can also bring a badger. <laughs> Although in Ron's first year, he brought the rat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He brought the rat. Okay. 
go away to college or uni or whatever, you find a place to rent near near the um the university. And like there's a housing section at my uni, but it's not on campus at all. And it's little self-contained apartments that some of them they've built and some of them they, they manage. Hmm. Every time I get someone a gift, I get them gourmet coffee because I get $700 a month that I can only spend on like in Starbucks and in campus dining halls, neither of which I ever coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a coffee, I'll give it to you. I got, I got, I, I never spend it. It goes away. I have like six hundred seventy dollars to spend between now and August tenth, for instance, on, on coffee, basically. And I don't drink coffee. I drink, like, I drink coffee every five minutes. Just saying. Yeah, like, like, literally. If you want you. anything from Starbucks, like gourmet coffee grinders. Yeah, you could cold. send him all those. Like, can't you buy like beans that you can grind in it? Oh yeah. yeah. If you want Mike, I, I think you have a new friend. I grind my own <laughs> beans. Anybody ship Ryan Mike? I do now. <laughs> hey, Mike. He's your supplier now. I'll make you a deal, Ryan. Ryan's you getting... Rose, I'll ship you $150 worth of unground coffee from Starbucks. Well, any flavor you want. R- Ryan's getting married, and that would make Starbucks a have of some... A wedding present. Lovely Starbucks wedding. has some very nice wedding gifts. He has to invite me to the wedding first, doesn't he? Oh, that's true. We're revising. Uh, no, you don't have to go to the wedding to send a gift. I don't have to go, but it would be nice to get an invitation that I can politely, politely decline and then send him a gift. <laughs> I'm just picturing he'll accept it and then he, like we'll be sitting at the table. He'll Mike will rise. Everyone will see him because he's very tall. And he will just like lift his glass and with this maniacal glee, he will tap it lightly with the spoon. <laughs> I love it. I'm doing that at uh, Kez's and Jen Kid's wedding. I I'm love how a in this episode we have shipped off everybody. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, Ryan, you read a Game of Thrones in the next, let's say, month, I will give you $150 of coffee beans. <laughs> I'm dead serious. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend this money. I have about six hundred seventy bucks of it sitting around. Ryan, you haven't read a Game of Thrones. I have not read a Game of Thrones yet. I bought it, it for him it. two years ago. I bought it for him. Very nice. What else can you buy at Starbucks? You can't drink coffee either. What can you? Drink? <laughs> All right, Keza. Because of the sound issues we're having with her tonight, sounds like she needs to lay off the coffee. <laughs> Why you drink coffee? <laughs> you can actually buy. You can buy coffee makers there. Or mugs, or uh, candy, or yeah. Cappuccino machines. Chocolate-covered coffee beans. Yeah. yeah. What can you get for me? What do they sell? I don't know. We don't have Starbucks. What are they? You don't... You, yeah. oh. They just shut down half the Starbucks in the country. There is not one near my house. No. I shut down the one that I saw the other day. It will cover it up. You're breaking up bad. Am I the only one that Kez is breaking up real She's bad for? breaking up, and then, like, everything she said over the course of ten seconds gets compressed into three, so then I she just talks saying, yeah. Wait, they have Starbucks, but there's none around me because... <laughs> She's talking slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting it. Just making sure. <laughs> so I've never actually been to a Starbucks because I live in the backwater town on the half time zone in the middle of the country. We don't have Krispy Kreme. We don't have Starbucks. We don't no, have, have Lone Star. We never got the stupid McDonald's thing that they closed down. We don't have Taco Bell. You're lucky. We've got like McDonald's okay. and KFC and Gloria yeah. Jean Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I have five guys burgers now, so I'm doing pretty good. Oh. They are delicious. They just opened one in the town over for me. I'm so excited. Those are fabulous. I had the I've- day from hell today trying to get one. Awful day. I decided that we've all had a rough week at work. We need to go to Five Guys Burgers. So five of my co-workers would like to join in on the Five Guys Burgers uh, lunch extravaganza. I said, I am going anyway to pick up my food. I will pick up your food as well. 
So I call the order in, and if, if anyone who's gone there knows, they, they give you huge bags of fries, and the fries are overflowing, and some have Cajun powder, and some don't. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, the, the worst thing when you're the guy who gets lunch for the whole office is getting back and trying to figure out who belongs to what. So I call in, and I said, is there any possible way I can, you know, have all these orders bagged separately? And they said, well, we would have to ring them in as different orders. So I'm like, all right. So I, I I give the first order, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be an order for Andrea. And then I'm thinking to myself as I'm about to go on to the next order, all right, I'm going to be ordering for six different people. I'm going to walk in and say, hi, I'm here for the order for uh, Andrea and uh, Daryl, and, uh, Ke- and they're going to think I'm here stealing all these people's food. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, let's put all the orders under Ryan. <laughs> so now I have one order under Marilyn and five orders under Ryan, and I'm, I'm giving every order, and I'm like, my name is Sol Ryan. My name is Sol Ryan. My name is Sol Ryan. So I place all the orders, then I drive to five guys. Now I'm thinking, I'll just put the whole thing on my credit card. But I have to now pay six different times. Now I'm thinking, my credit card will be shut down for suspicious activity. So I end up paying cash for every single order off of the cash everyone gave me. But every single thing comes to like $7.51. So literally, I walked out of there with like a bucket load of change in my pocket. (laughs) Because I had to pay seven times. Uh, I mean, that reminds me of everyone oh, always makes fun. But I got back to they... work and I forgot someone's food. So it turned out oh, no. a awful day. We had to go back. All my hot cocoa by Starbucks coffee. I'll have some of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, that, that reminds you, Ryan. Everyone always makes fun of me when they see my apartment because I have about a, a twenty twenty-five cockroach. No, I, I have about twenty twenty-five dollars in uh, nickels, dimes, quarters, and pennies just scattered across my floor. So everyone always sees that and laugh at me. Why do that? Well, what it is, it's, it's because every time when I walk in, I'll I'll get coins. And then um, whatever surface I'm nearest to, and I'm, whether it's a chair, a table, a desk, it doesn't matter. I take the coins out of my pocket and I plop it down. And then when I use that surface, I just kick them off and they go scattering across the floor. Why wouldn't you put them in a jar or something? Well, my my my, my RAs is a, because is a he joke. doesn't work like that. My RAs is a joke for um, end of the year present for me. Got me a silver piggy bank. So now, do you do the same thing with food? No, I don't keep food in my apartment. I was going to say, I think I found your cockroach problem. No, I, I know what the cockroach <laughs> problem is. It's because in the summer when no one else lives in the building, the pipes dry up and they come up the pipes. Was that why you keep... Mike sends me a message one day. If I leave my water running all the time, will that keep away the cockroaches? I'm like, what? No. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been doing it and it's been working really well. I I, I turn every water faucet on for 10 minutes every day. Because that's good for water conservation. Yeah, your water bill must be huge. I don't pay water bill. bill. Of course he doesn't pay the water bill. (laughs) Why else would he do? TV running, like I'll walk out of there and I'll leave my TV running and I'll come back like a week it's later. Just and I, <laughs> what? I almost had it. We all quiet down and listen to try to hear what irresponsible. Shush. I'm trying to tell you if you're being irresponsible to leave the tap running because oh now my phone's ringing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> she can't tell me off. I, I can like only you. water my garden twice a week on the odd numbered sack. Why is the connection to Australia so, so bad? You have to remember, I'm I don't near, know. You know, I'm, I'm like what ten miles from the largest fresh body water, fresh water body in the world. Fresh body water. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like I leave it running for like ten hours. Like I'll turn it on for ten minutes and then I'll turn it off. I mean, every day, but still, a lot of talking. Like you know, like I'll turn the dishwasher on and I'll turn the the faucet 
faucets on, and I'll turn the shower on for 10 minutes. The problem, the most severe drought ever, lake levels have fallen as much as 30 feet below normal. Losses are already at $3.6 billion. Snakes are on the move, looking for water, but running into humans. Snake bites are above normal. Are we pretty much done with this podcast? I think we're pretty much done with this podcast. So no, I was just wondering if, if snakes eat cockroaches. No, they do not. Well, Sandy's no, they don't. huge, so I think Sandy could probably take one. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe Mike should get a little snake that he can wrap around his arm. And oh, oh, like oh. I just thought of a scene coming up in the second or third installment. The second. It's definitely the second. It involves... Oh, no, it's, no, it can't be the second. It's the third. Oh, God. I just thought of a scene from the third. Okay. I'm not in the third podcast. <laughs> you no. are now. All right. Um, <laughs> I am continue to be glad that I put this fic on the podcast. I definitely think there's parts of the early chapters that are very hokey because Harry is a bodybuilder who has great hair, who, <laughs> you know, lo- you know, gawks at Hermione, who doesn't know how to kiss and all. It, it, it's the classic stereotypes. The more I read, the more I get sucked into just the universe. And after a while, I the little quirks don't bother me anymore. And it's actually just... The, the fic is not bland at all. The fic goes places and it is bold and tries to be different. And even though there are certainly quirks with it, it, it it's just, it's a blast to read. And it's one of my favorites to read. So I'm very glad we're covering it. See, I monologued one more time. Yay. <laughs> I don't like much at all in this, I have I to say. Well, after a while, I was just kind of sitting back. I'm like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sure by as... the I'm sure by the time that I'm done, I will quit being so snarky. The snarky's fine. The stuff in these chapters, honestly, that deserves to be snarked on because the beginning is very much the whole, you know, Harry is a god and all that. It's, really it, it's goddess Hermione and bodybuilder Harry and friendly Dudley and <laughs> supermodel Ginny and dark and brooding Ron. <laughs> Ron is very dark and brooding. There's even the chapter where, he, where Hermione's like, okay, Ginny, if you want to date with Harry and he shook your hand at the end, what would you think? And Ginny's like, I would feel awful about myself. <laughs> and Ron's like, if you dated my sister, I would kill you. <laughs> yeah, that that line got to me. Yeah, it, it's just more of the same from Ron. Seen yeah. it, done it, tired of it. I mean, there there just there was a lot of things that were in this that were hard to choke down. Like, yeah. My final oh. thoughts is first off, Keza converted me. I, I'm with Keza now. Um, you're you're you're, uh, you're shipping with Keza. What? <laughs> what did I convert you on? Oh, uh, that that it, it's probably Cho and it's probably just unoriginal and uncreative and it's Cho How and not dating Keza. <laughs> Mr. Keza uh, would have a problem with that, I suspect. So, <laughs> Mr. Keza would kill me. Um, uh, he, you know what he said the other day, actually? What's what that? Was I, I said something or other, and he's like, who are you talking to? And I said, oh, it's Ryan. He's saying something. He's like, ooh, he took it to your boyfriend. Because <laughs> <laughs> James says that, too, to uh, Gen 1. I'm just saying, I'm a player. Like Mr. Keza, don't have a problem. I don't know what you just said, but it sounded funny. (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed this pick. Nothing else I haven't laughed so much on a podcast in a long time. I I don't mind it at all. I don't know. We laughed quite a bit the other night. I could see Ryan 30 years from now as a taller version of Flitwick in this pick. What? What? That occurred to me as you were having this conversation, and I'm done now. Well, thank you for leaving on such a wow note. Uh, Keza, final thoughts. Death Roll <laughs> Okay, uh, three actual story things that we didn't get to. I find it interesting that we get to meet Hagrid's mom instead oh, of his right. half-brother, like Canon, and she speaks perfect English. 
And apparently later on, there's going to be six or seven giants in the Forbidden Forest. This is lovely. No problems at all will happen. The size issue got me because she picked up Harry on her index finger. Yeah. <laughs> She's only 20 feet tall. I'm like, she has giant hands. Giant hands? But um, <laughs> um, oh, you know second, what they say. <laughs> oh, God. This is his mom. It, it, it doesn't go the other way, Mike. Yeah, Vagrid's mom has giant hands. That means. Um, second thing, back in Chapter 6, Draco tries to start trouble on the train, but Harry does some Brazilian jiu-jitsu and chokes him down. I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he's just holding Draco on the ground, choking the life out of him, and, and then Alicia Spinnett, whose head girl, comes along and acts like McGonagall and breaks it all up. But the, the whole scene cracked me up. Um, and the last bit is that in Chapter 7, Neville's parents' story is dragged out for everyone to look at for a while, and I <sighs> thought this horribly horribly inappropriate um i i get that it's moody i get that he's crazy as a loon but i still felt it was really just mean mean thank you it, it was something snape would have done it was not something that you, you ever expected to have happen and he deals with it amazingly well yeah i mean the way i read it you're definitely right i mean it's definitely an invasion of privacy and you, you know or something like that though, unless the person does it themselves or whatever um i didn't read it like it was something like Snape would do like Snape would blurt it out, but he would do it with the intention of causing Neville as much you know damage as possible and as much embarrassment as possible. It was more I, casual in this case. Yeah, well, I took it that he said it so everyone else in the room would suddenly be like, "Holy crap, Neville is so much more than we thought he was," and he was actually doing it to not buff up Neville but show everyone. It's kind of like the Susan Boyle moment. You see this frumpy person, you don't think they can do anything. All of a sudden, they're a brilliant singer. I mean, something to just you know change everyone's opinion of Neville. That's how I took it. But. Yeah, I would agree with that, but it still was oh, yeah. a pretty sensitive information. Yeah, yeah not as close. Um, so I have enjoyed this series. I've read it before, but I've never actually finished it. I'm looking forward to finishing it this time. I think it's important to remember we only have four books of canon to deal with, and it was written during a time when there was just tons and tons of speculation going on about everything. Uh, is Harry the genetic heir of Gryffindor? What's going to happen with relationships? Uh, we thought Draco would be a more significant character. Is he going to be redeemed or not? Is Snape evil or not? We don't know. And there, there was all kinds of crazy things that authors did. Does Harry wear boxes or briefs? That was one of those questions that had to be answered. Yeah. What I'm going to be paying attention to going forward is the development of existing plot elements, mm -hmm. the subtlety of new plot elements being introduced, and what sort of overarching meta plot does Barb have in store for us? Because at this point, we didn't know anything about Horcruxes. We didn't know anything about Joe's master plot. Uh, with Barb's choice of a title here, I'm expecting a canon-esque story that builds up to a final confrontation with Voldemort. Harry wins and goes home to make babies with whomever the author decides to ship him with. And there, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There was a time when I was all about the canon and nothing but the canon. Obviously, that's changed. But reading different <laughs> authors... <laughs> reading different authors... No, putting their you're kidding. <laughs> me? No, never. Um... I, I like reading different authors putting their spin on things because at this point in the storyline, the world is wide open, and it's actually my favorite period in the canon to read from yeah. because of the sheer potential. It, it's wide open, and you're not tied down right. to anything that Voldemort is planning. You don't know what he's going to do next. Yeah, and back in the beginning of this podcast, I compared it to Paradigm of Uncertainty, and the thing with Paradigm was – that was – 
Goblet didn't even happen. That was post um, Prisoner of Azkaban. And what I loved about it was, even though it was quirky and the characters weren't themselves and it seemed very out there, the, st- the story was so imaginative. It, you know, you, this group of people living together in a house and they be, they are able to form this entire magical government because there was nothing in the books that, that would contradict it. And they just had this very rich, very detailed world that was just fun to read. And I do get that here. The characters aren't themselves. They're not canon-esque. I am picturing Dan and Emma in the backyard filming their scenes but even though characters are exaggerated and you know there's inconsistencies it's it's really fun to listen to and it's really fun to read it is fun to read i remember liking this series very much it was one of the first fics that i read when i got into fandom and i look forward to seeing if it lives up to my expectations now if you forget draco's last name it's malfoy okay i will keep that in mind comes up a few times and unfortunately, Keza, um, we keep putting her back on the call, and Keza continuously drops. So um, we will hopefully have Keza back on next week, and she will tell you what she thought of the first ten chapters in case you forgot. Um, oh, and uh, Keza told me to share with everyone yeah. that even though she convinced me that it wasn't Petunia, it was Cho, she's changed her mind, and now she thinks the prophecy was referring to, to uh, Petunia herself. She's been ranting this to me in Skype this whole time. Like, I want to tell them on the, on the podcast, it's Petunia, it's Petunia. And I'm like, well, come on. And she's like, Ryan keeps dropping me. I can't tell them this. <laughs> All right, in the podcast right now. You are so full of crap. Keza, <laughs> we managed to get you back. Mike yes! is just confessing that you changed your mind and you're thinking that Petunia is the older woman. What? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, a lie. She's embarrassed. You are I such a liar. I just think you lost three hours trying to convince... Mike, if you're going to lie, lie about something people can't figure out. (laughs) Because seriously, Keza Keza would not be PMing you and not me. I mean, she would PM me and say, you need to tell them this, blah, 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 blah. She would not PM you to tell you that that she Uh, changed her mind about Petunia. (laughs) Are you telling me that you are trying to convince these poor, innocent people that I am messing Messaging you privately to tell you that I believe your Petunia far-fetched piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What she said. That's exactly That's a- what he said. You are accusing me of bageling on Harry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Keza, what are you saying? I came around. Why can't you, you realize? You little slithering, you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. <laughs> oh, I am not giving you my pourfoire gold anymore. I'm keeping it for myself. Oh, oh that hurts. Yeah, I know. You can't. It you can't do that. To. You can't do that to my friend. You need to give my gold back. I am one of the world's. Literally, he's the only HD shipper bigger than me. Like, I would want him with Aunt Petunia. <laughs> That's evil and wrong and bad. The only thing worse is done with Aunt Petunia. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, we'll yeah. talk about wrong. How old is Crumb in this fic? Is he eighteen? He's got to be. He's finished with school. Hermione's. 14 and there's severe tongue issues going on there so, so that's wrong to me i think that's the least of our worries well she's 16 forward. actually no she's really not year she's... five doesn't she t- 
turn doesn't she turn the next year like within the first month when she's kissing him she's actually 16 i think not that that makes it better did we know that at this point I don't think we knew that, but that... I don't think we did either. I always took it as she was turning 15 for her birthday scene later on in these chapters. Three years isn't so bad. Well, Well, four years uh, when you're 25. It's like a high school senior dating a freshman. I did that. It's not really out there, but it's kind of... It makes you look twice. Didn't you hear what happened in Georgia, Jen, a, like a year ago? Where, yeah, the where Mike loves the story. Tells it every chance he gets. Go ahead. Because well, it so pisses me off is why. Because it, it, it was a senior with a junior girl, mm-hmm. and he was thrown in jail for rape it's so outrageous because it wasn't like it was unconsensual sex and it wasn't like we're talking like you know a fi- like you know like a 40 year old man in high school so we're talking you know they went to the same school together and they were one grade apart but two years apart yeah, and because true. of this he went to jail and no matter what job he gets later in life he's gonna have the child molestation thing majig under his name once he even gets out of jail he was in jail for years and anyway and rant on that and rant with that this concludes the first 10 chapters of the serpent trilogy by barb which is how i will continue the refer to the entire series until it's concluded. <laughs> Next week, we will be covering chapters 11 through 23 of the Psychic Serpent Trilogy by Barb. I really want to now get to the third one. This is that special scene in the third one, which I just remembered about tonight. Hmm. Yeah, and you got the rest of this one and the second one before you get to the third one. So Yeah, we'll just end the podcast right now so I can get back to reading. So have a good night, everybody. Night. Good night! Good night. So home Hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. The scene I'm thinking about is one where Sandy is transformed. To a cockroach? Into something else for like an hour. <laughs> Welcome to Peoncast. In this episode, Cody is played by Mike. Scott falls off twice. And Sue, Kelly, and Trisha try valiantly to make sense. This episode is pieced together from files that no longer exist. A special thanks to Mike for helping us out. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I just love this part. The peons are coming. Everybody, welcome to Peoncast. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Peoncast. I'm Sue. I'm Cody. I'm Kelly. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And this week's story is called Up to Speed by Amelia Bedelia, which I just absolutely love. And uh, her author's note says this is her first one shot. I sped red up to speed. I'm so cool. You are cool. It's got an odd little James Emily are still pure blizzards, lived in Lily's neighborhood. So they were the only people of their age bound for Petunia and were best friends through whole childhood. I think the only thing that we knew about James and Lily's childhood was the, was the memory that Snape accidentally showed Harry. Because I think this was written, actually I don't even think that was, I think this was written prior to Order of the Phoenix. Oh, so it was even before the underpants. Yes. Oh, because I'm kind of surprised when they when she went into the fifth year thing. But she kind of alluded to it, but apparently not then. Because I was like, wow, she kind of alluded to to um, fifth year. Yeah, but she didn't talk about 
defending somebody and him then calling her a mudblood. Oh, that was interesting. What? The dog came over and licked my fingers, and apparently he's been dragging his little feet across the floor because he shocked me, and I heard it in my ears. Hey, you pulled a me! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been shocked at least three times while, while podcasting. And she's only podcasted three times, so, you know, she's got yeah, a record I, going. Yeah, so I gotta get electrocuted again. But you know what? Kelly just took it from me, so I don't have to worry about it. It was a really little itty-bitty snap. <laughs> Try him again, Sue. Still on. Well, things don't seem to be going all that well, so what I'm going to do is turn off Skype, save this file, and restart the computer. See you all in a moment. So they have have grown up together, and they play together. I love that it starts off with them having a race. Like, can you guys believe the foot race that they had? It was like, I I just totally couldn't believe what Lily said to James. And that James wins by a, a nose. And, and it's so, uh, it's such a Snape saying because that's how we associate him in the later chapters. But I know because when I first was reading it, I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this was a James and Lily story. I'm like, where'd he come in? Yeah. Where does think? Yeah. I win, James yelled, screeching to a halt at the end of the street. Oh, no, you didn't. Lily shouted, crossing the street with her hands on her hips as she breathed in heavily. You're off your rocker. Your overly large nose might have won, but I crossed the finish line first. Plus, she added, smirking, you were on a hill, which I don't understand that part. I guess they were going down into, they were going into a valley. They were on two separate hills and going down and meeting together. Amy. Okay. No, I think they were just, they were one of them. She was like, you had a, you know, more of an angle. Your hill was steeper. Your part of the hill was steeper. It helped. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't quite know. understand how it helps, but okay. Well. We'll go with it. Um, gravity? Oh, right. But I, my impression is that they're going up the hill. No, I think they were going down the hill. Well, they did, and then they turned around, and I think they turned, they did, they, it's too, ah, they run up the hill, and then they ran down the hill. They turned around. They touched the curb and ran back the direction that That's they That's right. Came. I do remember that now. Okay. It's the third, it's the fourth line of the fic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, all right. And I'm the one that sped red. <laughs> and then they, like, race again. And I don't know. If my boyfriend did that to me, he'd be sleeping on the couch. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Because we, we don't notice that what what Cody just said, that's not until after first year. No, they're, because no, I don't think so. I not. think they're just getting their, they've just got their letters. They haven't gotten their, they haven't gotten them yet. They haven't gotten the letters yet. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I think they do say two 12-year-olds. We're way off course. Okay, I see what you're talking about. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. I was confused, sorry. Never mind, my fault. You know, I only read this an hour ago, so (laughs) give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's where I think this is the part that Cody's talking about. It wasn't like Lily and James were best friends or anything. At least not anymore, they weren't. Life before Hogwarts had been simple and tolerant. Lily and James were best friends. In fact, they were the only friends the other had. Everyone else on the street was either too old or Petunia. So naturally, the two bonded together over their similarity of having no friends and found more in common with each other than ever imagined. One of those loves, of course, was the outdoors. Yeah, it's kind of almost like a big loop, almost, in a way. Uh-huh. Because it repeats again at the more towards the end of the story about her cleaning off her shoes again and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a little bit of, like, 
looping pattern as it is. One thing I like how she um, describes how Lily was feeling when she was running. And I don't know why it kind of, it, it was very Harry-esque, I think in a way, because of, I don't know if it was, yeah, how he likes riding on his broom and it's a freeing thing. Or is, is that, is that canon or is that too, mu- too much fan fiction I've been reading that I think that it's canon now? Well, I, he talks about liking the freedom of flying and stuff in canon, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in this Lily, I mean, yeah, did remind me a lot of Hermione, but also in some aspects, especially in the beginning of the competitiveness, I see Jenny. So it was kind of like, they're kind of like more of a combination of Jenny and Hermione in, in this Lily. I don't know, but I always thought it was very interesting that we actually didn't find out that Sirius, now I may be wrong on this too, we didn't find out that Sirius left his own home until Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and that he stayed with right. James. Because he tells Harry that in the tapestry room. Yeah. Yeah. I was always welcome for Sunday dinners at Mr. and Mrs. Potter's house. Right. And then I, you know, I left when I was 16. Yeah. Where did you go? I went to your dad's. And that would have been after sixth year or before, right before sixth year. So I'm not sure when exactly this fic was written and how much we knew. I mean, and if, if it was written where we knew about Sirius leaving home and, and moving in with the Potters, then we're talking AU right. from the get-go. I, I love that um, the Petunia, Petunia, it's like Cody said that... That's like totally not what I meant, Sue, okay? What I was trying to say was that, uh, like, the way her parents treat her is the same way she treats Dudley. <laughs> She's the one that the parents are all for and everything. And, and so it's James's parents that have to take her to King's Cross and, and the platform to go to school because there's something else going on. And they've gone with Petunia to her new school, but that's probably just, you know, that's just fine with her too. And then the first meeting with Sirius and he introduces himself and James is like, and you defended me? But you're a black. And, and Sirius is like, yeah, I kind of go against the grain. Welcome back, Scott. Hi, Scott. He made it. Okay, so we have Petunia, or we have Lily, who's been taken to King's Cross by the Potters. I just want to hug and squeeze the Potters. They're so sweet. They are. They're really sweet. Harold and Marlene. Is that what they're, what are their real names? I don't Do know, know if we know. They don't. So. We don't know. We know there is a Charles Potter, but that's not necessarily James' dad. It could be. I've heard a lot of Harold. Harold's always been a big one. Yeah. Well, because James' middle name was supposedly Harry. Really? So, you know. And then, of course, we have Harry James. Now, and, and me saying that James's middle name was possibly Harry is not... I don't remember if that's canon or not. I don't think it is, as far as we know. Another fan and one that people like is Tiberius. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've never heard that one. <laughs> Star Trek. Oh. That's oh. Captain Kirk's middle name. James Tiberius Kirk. So they made him James oh. Tiberius Potter. It, it's a sort of pure-bloodish name. It does kind of fit. When, does, when, when did Ryan come back into the room? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Ryan, your voice has changed. You sound an awful lot like Scott. No, you mean his voice got deeper. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, get out of Scott's body. Invasion of the body snatchers. (sighs) Sorry. Body snatchers. (laughs) 
I can a lot greater Star Trek knowledge than I actually have. Well, and if you think about it, he's the wrong, no, he's the wrong age for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Even if his parents were Star Trek fans, he would have been the wrong age for it. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh? Because he was born in 59. Oh, so. Star Trek didn't start till 66. Oh, yeah. well. Nice try. <laughs> Doesn't mean <laughs> author's cats to get in there anyway. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if he does have a canon middle name. No, I just think it was Lily. Because you can see bits and pieces of all the characters and everybody. We think it was before... I think it was before Order of the Phoenix. That's what we were thinking. But at the same time, like I said, when did we find out that James lived with the Potters? Uh, not James. Uh, Sirius lived with James' family. Well, James lived with the Potters all his life. I, I meant Sirius. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But the thing is, it's, I mean, it's a pretty easy deduction because, I mean, all you, all you hear is, I mean, even from a person of Azkaban, it's a, how Sirius really was not liked by his family. So it's kind of easy deduction to say sooner or later, he's going to probably, I mean, being the Gryffindor that he is, he's going to leave. Well, we found out, we, we found out for sure that he lived with them in Order of the Phoenix. Okay, if I dropped off again. Yeah, I think I did. Where Lily has come in and, you know, she's spent the summer watching the boys start the the clubhouse and she's pretty much just stayed on the fringes and everything. And and she's come back to school and she has just shown up, I'm assuming, in the common room and she's sopping wet. I thought that was cute. And one of the girls says, what on earth have you been doing? And she said that, you know, she pushed James into the lake and, and everybody's just like flabbergasted that she... James Potter? You did this at James Potter? Because he's apparently the... I was thinking a bunch of valley girls going, Oh my god, I can't believe you did that! (laughs) (laughs) No. Not even going to try that. Nope, nope, not going (laughs) to. Let's just put my opinion in there. No. (laughs) But, you know, I love the whole... This this interaction, this whole scene of the interaction where she's like, Well, you know, he's my neighbor and and we're friends. But, you know, you... You pushed him into the lake? Hey, Lily protested. You what? But I think it's yeah. about 13. No, I think, I, they're, I think they're a little older. I think they're s- yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. I would still yeah. do it when being 16 or 17, because that's so. just me. I was a big old tom. I was a big old Wait, I still am a big old tom boy. Yeah. Give me a, my puddle. I'm jumping through it. Well, I'll tell you, doing it in a later year would have been even funnier, because they're trying to be adult, and she does. She turns around and shoves him in. Yeah. <laughs> that is, fifteen years old and funny is even more funny than being twelve and putting doing that. That's it. Because twelve, you're still a kid. At fifteen, you're not. Yeah. So I think it would have been funnier if it had been older. Yeah. Then he'd be ogling her yeah, naughty right, bits and all this other stuff, and that's that's a whole nother fic. Under school robes, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever worn a wet tent before? Uh. <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it kept it off. So <laughs> I, I it's giggle fun to giggle. <sighs> nah. Yes. Yeah. All you have to do. <laughs> all you have to do is mention Yellowstone. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. So anyway, I was in Yellowstone. Have you? Has anybody been there? 
Okay, well, basically what Yellowstone is, this, this will help explain it. 640,000 years ago, um, <laughs> the part of half, like the, that like third of America blew up. <laughs> Like, <laughs> in this big volcanic eruption. And Yellowstone is the crater of that volcano. Okay, so now that y'all all know this, all over the park, all that you're driving, like, the, the volcano could erupt at any moment and, like, people in Mexico would die. They have, you know, little museums here and there and, and the places where you can pee that's actually a toilet that flushes instead of, like, a hole down the mountain, which is awful. I can't even tell you the experience. So we go in to use the, the running water toilet, and, like, there are these videos, and they show, like, you know, the geysers going off and, like, the lava moving under the park and, like, all the scientists, like... How they're curing cancer with, like, the amoebas that are found in the bacteria that grows in boiling water stuff. Like, all of this really interesting. Why are you laughing? No particular reason. <laughs> anyway, it's really neat. Wait, no, no, no. Wait. Wait, didn't you say you had to go to the bathroom? And then you're saying there's yeah. videos in the bathroom? Videos. <laughs> okay. Video night. You might want to clarify that because it made it sound like there was like running videos of historical information in the bathroom stalls. Jen's no. trying to pee while she's watching lava move under No. Oh, well. Her name's Jen. Well, uh, yeah, Jen's on to something. We just don't know when it's going to happen. Right. So. So then we, we've kind of skipping through some of the, the school years, but now they're at their fifth summer. And there, and as progressively as we go here, she's getting more and more distant from the four boys. She's still watching them. I love the book that she read mm-hmm. that she didn't read one page of it all summer, but she watched them the whole time. Right. That was she funny. sat out on the porch. She's getting closer, though, because at the beginning she sat up in her room and watched him from the window. And now she's at least moved outside so that she can get a little better view, maybe, and, and that she's a, just that little bit closer to them. This is your editor, Sue, speaking, and in the part that's coming up, we are discussing whether or not James's parents have used magic to help the boys build their treehouse. Yeah, she she decides that his parents must have had something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's... I'm thinking that probably not, but they've gotten... Oh, I don't know. I I think they did, because James talks about breaking the plate later and having his mom fix it. So I think, I think she did. I could, I could probably just see, J- I can see Harold doing it more than anything. I don't know why. I can see Harold doing it to, to keep them out of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's mom's responsibility. Right. Well, not having, not having been married, but knowing my brother, my sister-in-law refers to her family as my three boys. Yeah. Because my brother can get into as much trouble as my nephews can. <laughs> and they're 10 and 8, you know. Yeah, well, so's he. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before she goes into into the the into the treehouse, I like how her, her roommate um, confronts her again and pretty much tells her, you're in love with James. And, I mean, they just, I, I like that little scenario of her, of her um, Maddie doing that. And it's just kind of cute. It's in some many ways you can see just little stupid little girl things. That means you want to marry him. Maddie started. <laughs> I just thought that was just cute. Yeah. Especially about them bickering. It's like so wrong. I mean, they must really like each other. 
in some in some many ways, it sounds like I mean, the, um, her and James's relationship is kind of almost like Hermione and Ron's relationship. They bicker each other and uh, they kind of push each other to the edge, probably even academically wise too. You know, I don't, I don't see the bickering. None as much. There, I, none there, in this. I, I don't think there is much. I think that she's. I think that she's really kind of just watching him. Mm-hmm. There's very little bicker going on. But they do talk about it. They talk about one instance there, yes. Well, yeah, but I can also see her. I she, I just got the impression that she was just really distancing herself from them. Kind of, uh, yeah, maybe just because she, she doesn't know how to approach it. Yeah. Because I think that she is, um, she probably is bickering in, because that's the only way that she thinks that she can speak to him. And she clearly misses what they had. Um, or she wouldn't be stand, you know, sitting around and staring at him all the time. She would be sneaking into the treehouse. Uh, so there's there's that missing of the the closeness that they had. And so the one way to be able to spend time with him is to like pick fights with him, push him in the lake. And they they also say that she writes his name in her book, and she's always staring at him and stuff like that. So I think she's maybe pulling away a little bit because she doesn't quite know. She probably doesn't quite understand her feelings about it. But at the same time, she's trying to still hold on to what they used to have. She's just not really sure how to do it. Yeah, because it says that she doesn't have a lot of friends. That she's not made a lot of friends in school in the beginning years, and and now this one person is—they don't call her really a friend; they call her her right. roommate. She obviously doesn't have very good people skills. She's not quite sure how to go about it. Well, they've isolated her. Uh, and but this treehouse is just absolutely amazing. <laughs> Magical treehouse, I take it then. I mean, they have a dishwasher. I want to live in this treehouse. Me too. It's better than my apartment. It, yeah. Well, she so she has to go to sleep in the treehouse because it's gotten dark and she can't figure out how to get down. And and I love that she wakes up with her leg tingling and her first thought is it's a spider. There's a spider crawling on her leg. Oh no! That's funny. Well, she thinks they're gone. Right. Right. She's figured that she they've gone to there. Remus's or Peter's house and that they're done with the treehouse, so they're done. Nobody will find me up here. And and I love that when she does wake up. That they're sitting around the kitchen in their pajamas, which consist of boxers and a t-shirt. <laughs> so they've, you know, obviously they haven't, well, we don't think they've spent the night there, uh, but they've wandered over to the treehouse without having actually gotten dressed. No, I think they probably did spend the night there because they're saying, oh, by the way, Sleeping Beauty is now awake. <laughs> that was cute. I just think it's funny that it was Sleeping yeah. Beauty and not Goldilocks. This bed's too small. <laughs> this bed's too large. This one is just right. Yeah, and you would think in this treehouse that they have um, is magnificently built. She would go out and sleep in one of the beds. Honestly, not in the sleeping bag on the floor in the living room. And uh, they've made breakfast. They're having eggs. Uh, like, I bet Sirius makes the best bacon and eggs ever. Uh, if only the Wizarding World had orange juice, though. Prongs is a good cook. and That was cute. I do see a future super mom in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else think it was odd that they're having orange juice instead of pumpkin juice? I didn't even catch that. Or was it just me? No, oh, I didn't even catch that. I see that a lot. I see that a lot in, in fanfic where somebody will talk about orange juice versus pumpkin juice. And, you know, Ron drinks orange juice and it's like, 
No, we're not supposed to drink pumpkin. Orange juice has got a much stranger, stranger flavor to it because he's used to pumpkin juice. Yeah, this is yeah. yeah like I've never had pumpkin juice. And, and they are in a Muggle neighborhood, so maybe maybe pumpkin juice is harder to get. So Sirius makes up this excuse to leave the two of them alone, and he takes the elevator down. The elevator. Yeah, like I said, uh-huh. this, I want to live here. <laughs> yeah, me too. Treehouse with an elevator. Lily says, well, if I'd have known that, I could have been able to get down. Oh, well, it's password protected. I'm sure I could have figured it out. Uh, you know what I was expecting? I was really, instead of Marauders, I was going to say, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. That would have been perfect. Oh, but Sirius is using it to be up to no good. As he sneaks out. Yeah. And, and she brings up the fact that they're not as close as they once were and asks, how come? And uh, he doesn't quite, you know, know. <laughs> but she is, like, drooling all over him, which I think is very funny. Yeah, where it's in, in canon, yes. it's the other way around. So it's kind of nice seeing she on the other foot. Well, I, I think the feeling was mutual, yes. Uh-huh. And they they head down, and they're going to have another race. Yeah, and he's in his boxer shorts. I just, I... In his boxer shorts. I just, the first thing I thought, I'd go... Oh, he's gonna he he's gonna get sliced and diced. The, it's gonna be a fruit salad now. Brilliant. Well, if they're running, yeah, they're leaping over bushes and swerving to miss trees. Uh, you just yeah, know that I, somebody's gonna get uh, hurt here. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she, she her falls. When she can't, she's so flustered she can't remember uh, what it's called. He says to her, "You're so cute sometimes," and she swallows, leaning slightly away. Is that so? Yes," said James, laughing again. "That's so." She felt a smile across her lips. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me before. Oh, come off it, James said, lowering his voice to a soft whisper. Such a pretty girl like you, and that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to you? He reached a hand up to touch her cheek. Aww. Aww. I'm sorry, I don't know. A 16 or 17-year-old can be that romantic. Sorry, Scott. (laughs) Well, maybe Scott is that romantic. Scott? Did he go away? (laughs) Ah! Sorry, my son just scared the crap out of me. (laughs) Your son, who should have been in bed 45 minutes ago? Yeah. You you did very well. That wasn't a very loud scream. I'm I'm impressed. I think she's gone. Sorry, I was talking to my son and I decided to meet you all. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the thick, James and Lily are sharing a snog. Mrs. P, your your son's slogging the next door. The girl next door. He's what? He's what? <laughs> and then dad, that's my boy. I just I just like it that they're all on the porch. And she says, you know, you don't have any room to talk. And he makes sure that he's a safe distance away from her. Yes, ma'am. You tell that they have a, a pretty cool relationship to James's parents. Look, there they go again. Mom suggests that they go in and leave him alone. Aw, come on, Mr. Potter whined. We should really stay out here and keep an eye on him, you know. <laughs> Sirius nods energetically. Yeah! You know, Mrs. P. It reminds me of Fonzie. Fonzie. Yeah. Sorry, I got I got the Muppet and... <laughs> Fonzie. James' parents are older, from what I understand. And I think that high-fiving Sirius is probably a little out of character for them. Probably. So overall, what'd you guys think? It was cute. Yeah, it's a cute story. It was a cute story. Yeah, they didn't have enough Remus in this one. <laughs> it was a serious plot. Oh, that was horrid. Sorry. Well, all in all, it was a, it was a cute fic. Yeah, it was cute and you know different. 
Yeah, I thought it was cute. Though I think that doing running by foot was kind of a throwback to the time before they went to school. Right. Because they didn't know she was a witch. James, James kind of thought she was maybe because of the accidental magic that was going on. But Lily had no idea. Right. Well, the only problem that I had with it was the switching back and forth between I had temporal problems with it. It was choppy. Right. If you, but if you had had third year in italics, you would say, okay, this is in third year. You, and then second year or pre-Hogwarts, just two words would have cleared things up. Right. Or even just kind of like putting a break. There were breaks. There were, they were dots. Yeah, I think I just needed more. Yeah, they're small. Bigger break than that. Then, oh, I have a little dash, and I, you know what? I didn't even see it now that I look at it. And my text reader doesn't pick those up. Exactly. So, shall we say goodnight? All right. Well, goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. Goodnight. Bye.